Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Candid Chit Chats. On this episode, we had a few technical difficulties regarding audio and video. Uh, so we stopped recording with the video and we might not get back with the video for a while. Um, on top of that, the audio has a little bit of an echo here and there, but the content is still A plus content and uh, we will be fixing the audio within the next couple of podcasts, but uh, do enjoy the content. Welcome back to episode two of Candid Chit Chats. Uh, today we have a new member with us. Would you mind introducing yourself? Oh yeah, I forgot I was new. What's going on? <laughs> oh, my name is Paul. Still looking in the group as if, you know, being recorded by somebody <laughs> being watched. You are being watched. You are. And you know what? You've always that's been a part of this group. So that's why, you know. True, true. That's awesome. Thank you. That's I appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Definitely. Awesome. Happy to have you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so before we were talking about rejection and how uh, people think that they're so much more likely to get rejected than they actually are, uh, there was a study done where they asked a few, like a group of participants to uh, ask random people on the streets to fill out a survey. And they asked each of these participants, um, how many people do you think it's going to take before you can get five people to fill out the survey? Okay. Mm. The average answer was 20 people. So the average answer was 20, meaning that they would have to ask 20 people before they can get five to fill out the yeah, survey. Okay. Um, and they actually went and asked people and it turned out the, the real average was around 10 for per participant. So, uh, the, the percentage of success that they assigned themselves was 25% and they actually got 50%. Um, so that tells us, and then what happened was, um, they re they conducted this experiment again with, uh, some different, uh, with some differences in it. And again, the average answer was 20 people to get to five. Um, and again, it happened to be around 10. So mm -hmm. multiple times they conducted this. And so people typically think that they're twice as likely to get rejected as they actually are. But does that carry on to like asking someone out or is it just for because if it's their survey, you're more likely to do it because it's not it doesn't really cost you much. Sure. But if it's asking someone out, then you have to put trust in that person. Right. It, it could be. I don't know that that's just what the uh, what the experiment itself was. Mm -hmm. It could apply to, you know, it could apply to asking for a raise. It could apply to um, asking a girl out or a guy out. Um, I, I think really it goes with the confidence behind it, too. Like, oh, yeah. the level of confidence you bring to it, I think the odds will probably still be in your favor. Like, I don't know, in a sense where if I shoot my shot, let's say getting a job or whatever, for some reason I'm really good at job interviews. Like, I can get jobs like that. Whether I want them, whether, you know, whether I want to keep them or not is just another thing. Mm -hmm. But as far as, like, the confidence I bring, like, knowing, oh, you know, they're going to they're gonna love me, they're going to hire me. Kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy. So, I actually read a study, like, Completely like confirming what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, they did a study on <clears throat> people um, when they get a yes versus a no. When you get a yes, you get you literally get a spike in testosterone. When you get a no, you get a dip in testosterone. So people who are told like yes more often, they typically get more yeses because it's like a snowball effect. Uh, okay, you get more confident and more confident and more confident. So the first time you ask for something, you're like, hey, can I have a raise? And they're like, yeah. So then you're going to think like, 
I deserve this raise. So when you go and you actually talk, you're going to be like, this yeah, is me. I yeah. deserve this. You elevate yourself. Yeah, I like that. That's and crazy. Yeah. The study was actually done on tennis players. So every time they win a match, they would have a spike in testosterone. Every time they'd lose a match, they'd have a dip in testosterone. Yo, that's insane. They even did a study on um, stockbrokers and trading. Really? Mm-hmm. So with successful trades and such. Yeah. Oh my lord! So traders who were like in generally like happier and had like more testosterone, they had higher average gains than people who didn't. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, that literally... is like a snowball effect. It's like a positive feedback loop, right? Yeah. You expect something positive to happen. If it does happen, then it's just gonna right. Like it'll just get better and better and better from there. That's cool. That's cool. So the uh, the purpose of today's podcast was we were going to talk about the emotional thought process and uh, some of the mental biases that we typically um, go through when we come to decisions or when we come to conclusions. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they say emotions are continually affecting our thought processes um, below our level of awareness. And so uh, we derive a lot of these uh, biases from something called the pleasure principle and it's something to do with our ego you know our, we want to satisfy our egos all the time so mm. we will find certain ways to fit in what we want to believe about life and it falls under uh, six different uh, biases uh, the six different biases are confirmation bias conviction bias appearance bias the group bias the blame bias and superiority bias um, so why don't we start off with the first one? It's called confirmation bias and it plays out like this. I look at the evidence and arrive at my decisions through more or less rational processes, which means we typically, uh, what we want to believe, we will find evidence to confirm that belief. Mm-hmm. So if we align ourselves with a certain political party, for example, we can always find evidence to back up those, the beliefs of that political party online. You know, there's always going to be an argument for... Um, pretty much everything online if you really find it um, or if you really dig for it. Uh, So, you know, when we find this evidence, we'll say, see, this is confirmation right here that what I believe is correct. Um, So that is confirmation bias. Have you guys ever fell under this bias or have anything to say about it? I don't know. if I've probably definitely fell under it, but a lot of things that are going on right now um, that people are misinformed about, like the flat earth theory, and like anti-vaccination stuff has been confirmed because there's a huge community of people who are just confirming what like what they I guess believed or what someone else believed with them. Um, so there's actually people out there that believe the Earth is flat. Definitely. <clears throat> okay. Definitely. And YouTube is thinking about banning flat Earth videos because so many people are misinformed. Wouldn't That's that be? Insane. An abs- wouldn't that be a going against free speech? They have the right to believe, even if their idea is insane. It's crazy. It's like, what? no. Well, YouTube is a privately owned company, so it can ban whatever it wants. Right, right. But that's still, that's, that's like saying Twitter is also a privately owned company, but do they have the right to ban someone based on their beliefs? Uh, you see what I'm saying? That goes I mean, against free speech, right? They, yeah, I mean. I think it should be up there for people to. To be honest, like, yeah. it's just funny too. Like. Yeah. I think even if you don't believe in it, right, you have the ability to see that there are people who just think completely differently from you. 
Yeah. At least you have the ability to see that, right? <laughs> People who have something completely outside, you know, whatever your normal thought process is. But if it's deterring the majority of the population and it's not something that's actually real or possible, right? It's just confusing. Say a little kid watches it and then he starts believing it and then he grows up thinking that the earth is flat. When it's factually proven that it's not, right? Okay, so Isn't now... Them, like, right, okay, so I'll give you an example here. Uh, there are people out there that believe global warming is a hoax, and people the global warming is not, you know, yeah, right. No, no, it's it, not. Okay. It is not. It's a hoax. It what is are you not. About? Dude, global warming is not a hoax, bro. What evidence you have? Huh? What evidence you have? What evidence? Yeah, the like, CO two levels in the atmosphere. That's part, partially one of the biggest things that they prove. Greenhouse gases. Can you breathe Greenhouse right gases. Now? It's not if you could breathe right now. Actually, you know, our air quality has lowered. He's just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you really breathing right uh, now? There is, uh, there's a book called, and I highly recommend you read it, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Mm-hmm. And this guy actually outlines a very good uh, argument for, and completely factual, completely uh, logical, debunks a lot of the, the, you know, the stats that they throw out about global warming nowadays, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of the side effects, and then he asks questions like, "Okay, if the Earth is heating up, then how fast is it heating up? Right? Is it is it gonna heat up by like ten degrees in thirty years, or two degrees in a hundred years? Right? How much of an effect does mankind have on it? Mm-hmm. And do we have alternative forms of energy that are feasible to actually implement on a mass scale? Things like that. Right? Um, now." Just reading the title of that book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, who would have ever thought that there would be an, a case for fossil fuels, let alone a moral case? <laughs> See, but that's something that could be argumentative. That's actually something that, you know, they, uh-huh. they could fight both either sides. The earth is flat. Uh-huh. One helps no one because what yeah, doesn't matter if it's true. flat it or round. No effect. Uh, no real effect. <laughs> I mean, you'd start Well, it would affect a lot of things in, 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 in our physics, study of, of yeah, space, what, science, all that kind of thing, right? What, not even space that much because... Well, yeah, space. If if the Earth is not round or spherical, right, then the Moon's gonna be flat too. I'm I'm not saying I'm not at all like defending their theory at all. I'm not <laughs> saying that that's true, but no, I am yeah. saying they have the right to believe what they whatever they want, even if it's ridiculous. They have the right to believe it, right? I'm just saying, okay. if YouTube does decide to ban it, I see why where they're coming from, right? They okay. don't want their platform to be like a thriving force for this. Misinformation. Misinformation. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. There would have, I think like, there would have to be something in the, like a mission statement or something. Something saying like this is a part of our policy not to, you know, like mm-hmm. it can't just be because right. the world is flat. It's banning. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if it's like for example a church or a religious organization. Okay, mm-hmm. they have a right because that's only the reason what they're built for mm-hmm. is for that reason. For YouTube, it's kind of just like networking videos across the world. You literally get to watch someone's life across the world. Whether the information comes across, you believe it or not, it's the same as television. So it's like TV banning people that, you know, say the world is flat, like actual television, cable companies and such. Mm-hmm. Television channels, yeah, sure, but, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a little strange. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Like it's a like... strange acceptance, you know, or a lack of acceptance. Can't you kind of consider a comedy too? Like, because those people who are making the videos, I'm sure, are making a lot of ad revenue. Mm. So it couldn't be like, sure. a, com- like a comedic thing. Yeah. Way to get attention or something like that, right? Sure. It can, I can, but the fact that it's having an effect on the population is what's making it bad. And then any privately owned company, if they want to ban something, they're they more than yeah. willing to yeah. be able to do it. It's not against, I mean, even if it's against a freedom of speech, 
they are not part of the government, so it doesn't really affect them that much. But, okay, so I'm going to throw this argument out, okay? Just because they're a private company does not give them the right to do anything they want, right? And that goes into monopolies, right? You mm -hmm. can say, okay, well, it's a company, man. Like, they're allowed to do what they want, right? Even if it's charged great prices because they're a monopoly. But the government had to step in earlier in the century because it was affecting, you know, the, the population. It was giving them higher prices. It wasn't fair pricing, that sort of thing. That's true, but if... As a privately owned company, YouTube starts banning things, right? That they right. don't want in their content. People will just move to another platform that doesn't ban it, right? And then sure, yeah. That yeah, could yeah. be created. Yeah. Is YouTube, though, that would allow it, if that's the case. If YouTube ban it, would stopping Instagram from banning it? I mean, well, people would it just have to be people's choices. Are we going to accept YouTube banning these things, or are we just going to like go somewhere else because they're banning it? But we're kind of at that point where, like, I think Parker's trying to argue that YouTube is a monopoly, and that we're at a point where, like, no one else can actually like rise as a platform because mm -hmm. of how dominant YouTube is. Allowing yeah. everything across the board, I think, mm -hmm. being that reason. Too. I mean, Twitch is sort of like YouTube. It's not as big, but it's it's pretty big too. And it's also a YouTube, it's a video platform. Mm -hmm. If anything were to rival it, it would be probably Twitch. Mm -hmm. So there are other companies out there that do video streaming. Mm -hmm. It's just, we all prefer YouTube, therefore it's big. But here's the thing, though. I think every video you find on Twitch, you can definitely find on YouTube, though. That's that's the thing. I mean, mm -hmm. like, their entire inventory, I'm pretty sure, has been doubled over. Into YouTube, yeah. because yeah. it seems like I've, I've never even heard of any other... Yeah, now, now that I think about it, anything other than YouTube as a platform. There's Vimeo, or Vimeo, something like that? Oh, yeah, okay, I have heard of that one. Um, I take that back. And it's pretty cool. I liked it when I used it, but it wasn't for, like, entertainment. It was just, like really cool like documentaries and like, mm -hmm. short films but i mean the thing is that there are other platforms so it's yeah. technically not a monopoly because it does allow for other well, the, yeah. a monopoly just means that it takes over a certain share of the market and it definitely takes over the amount to be considered a monopoly yeah. right like yeah i don't i don't think it can i mean it's a dominant player but i don't think it's right. a monopoly if it was a monopoly the government would have already stepped in right because I think right. it's just they don't know what, what a, an internet monopoly or an online monopoly is yet. Yeah, that's true, because the internet hasn't been around long enough to really know what to regulate and how to measure. It's been like, around more than... How to base it off of streams, like in the entertainment world, how to pay actors and like mm -hmm. people based off of streams. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, this is actually mm -hmm. new media, which kind of kind of messes it up for us just because the unions now have a loophole. It's like, oh, well, this is new media, so you guys don't even have a scale for it yet. We can charge everyone a lot less and still get the same amount of productivity, which, you know, kind of mm -hmm. leads into monopolizing in a sense. But that's more like the supply and demand, right, 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 where right. it's like the supply is being monopolized by the demand in a sense. It's like, you know, it's not like saying Netflix and Hulu, right? Netflix and Hulu, clearly Netflix is the dominant player. Mm -hmm. I think we can agree on that, right? Mm -hmm. But Hulu is still a competitor. Right. Yeah. I think YouTube doesn't even have a that there is no Hulu to a YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To that that the degree to which YouTube is the dominant player is much larger. Is what I'm trying uh, to get at. Um. But yeah. No, uh, so confirmation bias. Mm. Um. It's just something that you know it, it's prevalent in politics. It's uh, prevalent in any idea that you want to. Um, sort of look into so you know when it comes to finding a conclusion to any argument at all you have to take the time to actually look at all the arguments mm -hmm. and sort of make you know your own decision based on whatever conclusions you can come to or whatever 
theories you seem, you know, you uh, like to accept as the most logical or whatever, right? Mm. Um, so I know there's a lot of, like, conflicting evidence when it comes to so many things, like health, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can tell us something about that. Well, I mean, like, yeah, definitely there's people who think that, like, a ketogenic diet is the healthiest diet for you. There's people who think, I mean, if you go to your doctor, it's completely yeah. conflicting to what everyone else in, like, the health world actually believes. Yeah. In the yeah. health and wellness world versus, like, your traditional doctor. Like, yeah, it's pure conflict. Oh, like, like, oh yeah. Your doctor's going to tell you to eat, like, whole grains, fruits, veggies... Mm-hmm. Yeah, milk. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can test for me at least personally. Like milk has never been beneficial to me. You know, I I've been thinking about that too. It's like uh, I think Dukan. There was like uh, something saying like, you know, we might be the only species that ever drink milk after adolescence, like mm-hmm. or after just birth period. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe that's why so many people are lactose intolerant. It's like we're literally the only animal carrying on or animal species carrying on drinking milk and dairy in a yeah. hand amount after we've reached like a certain age and such mm, so it makes yeah. sense like yeah. you know I, I was never lactose intolerant as a kid ever mm-hmm. i used to eat bowls of ice cream and you know <laughs> now if i look at ice cream wrong i'm heading to the bathroom oh wow but i still enjoy it <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting like it's funny how you say that well i think now with all the studies and nutrition and everything all you need to do really is just get your micronutrients your macronutrients and then your minerals in. no matter how you get them in that doesn't really matter as much mm-hmm. it's just having that so and I, not I an excess of it i recently saw uh there's a youtube channel um that started up a while ago it's called what i've learned and this guy goes into like a, to- a lot of topics about health and uh there was one video he had about supplements right and he said look like the best way to get in your micronutrients, you know, like you said, like, it doesn't matter how you get in your micronutrients. He said, like, supplements, you know, they, they go through all this, like, chemi- these chemical processes to actually make them. And it's not the, it's not as effective. Sometimes it doesn't absorb as well. So you want to get it through actual it's food sources, food. Oh, right? Yeah. And that's the most effective way. And there's other benefits to, like, food that you can't get in a... In a like a Absolutely. tablet, right? Yeah. Imagine, like, having your entire micronutrient intake through just, like, a pill, like a tablet. You know, how, is your body going to be able to, to, like, digest that properly? It and, will. Like, really utilize all the, you know, things that's in there? Yeah. Plus, it can, but it'll just mess up it. your liver and a bunch of other it organs. It could. Too. Here's another thing, too, is that I don't think it's USD uh, or the it, Drug and Food Administration. It's not regulated. Yeah, yeah, it's not regulated. So how do we even we know what's in there? We don't. All we know, it's a fucking tablet that's made out of powder or something. It's like, that's real. Yeah. Going back to the confirmation bias so with yeah. diets, there's people who eat only meat, exclusively meat, and they think that's the healthiest option for them. They eliminate mm-hmm. everything else. And then it's this community where they're just like, meat is good, meat is good. And then someone's like, dude, I'm doing so great on meat. You should try it. And then it's just like, <laughs> like I guess like, if the cow does <laughs> eat grass and maybe you're getting like the, the nutrients from the grass, I don't know, but... Yes, it's uh there funny okay so uh regarding testosterone there are there's conflicting evidence regarding animal protein actually once one uh one study or one person i uh, watched on again on youtube right one guy was saying testosterone if you don't take an animal protein animal sources of protein your testosterone can be reduced between like 26 and 36 percent that's huge at, from baseline that's a huge yeah it's like a, almost a third of your testosterone just cut right um Another person, and then, then there's evidence online saying that a vegan diet is better because animal protein increases cortisol like twice as much as mm. without 
you know, not eating animal protein. And so that helps like increase testosterone. So which one is it? To go vegan and vegetarian or to eat animal protein? Oh man, it's right? to be extreme. Either I'm a wolf or both sides backed up with, you know, evidence also oh, and, and scientific evidence, right? Like, oh, this study shows this and this study shows this. what? Is it possible that it's different for different people of different ethnicities though? Because yeah. like yeah. Yeah. our diets are evolved from like we we were at and what resources we had so like maybe like if you're from this part of the world you only have these kind of things True. so maybe you should be on a vegetarian diet but if you're from this part of the world like you should be eating meat possibly and also the types of body too um like the endomorphic ectomorph uh, yeah yeah ectomorph and mesomorph like i know the build depends on the and endomorph yeah yeah yo that's insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like what culture you grew up in, like based mm-hmm. on your body, there, yeah, that's insane. So many different combinations. I mean, the body is unique for every person, so the diet is also very unique. What works for me won't work for you, right. same vice versa. And um, I mean, the whole confirmation bias, uh, going back to the topic, I mean, we tend to lean to like, oh, it's working for that guy, so it must work for me as well. But that's not always the case. We have to like do your own research when you come to those things, right? I mean, right, 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 of course. How would you avoid it though? How would you avoid being having a confirmation bias? That's a that's a really good question actually, and I think that that kind of ties into um, well. At the end of the podcast, I was gonna say there there are certain things that people can do to actually you know avoid falling into these biases. Um, we can cover a couple of these right now actually, um, and I was actually posting this on our Instagram. Speaking of which, uh, if the audience uh, likes this podcast, then go check out our Instagram page. We're gonna be posting. Probably daily, actually. So, um, but um, going back to confirmation bias and how you can avoid it, you have to first of all, you have to learn how to become a rational person, mm. um, and that doesn't mean you're going to get rid of every single emotion that you have. Right? It's not possible. You, the human brain brain is wired. It, it's literally there are three layers to the human brain, and this the emotional part is it's like the second layer. And it's not, it's not like the most recent layer to develop. So it's, it's deep in our subconscious, you know, like it's not, it's, you can't just get rid of it. Um, but you can find ways to increase your rationality, you know, become more consciously aware of, you know, what you're doing and, and how you're viewing the world. Okay. Um, and consciousness is actually the third part of that brain that's, that's continually developing, you know, as, as we, uh, uh, evolve, right. As human beings. But so there's uh, the Greeks would usually have this uh, metaphor or like a way of putting it is that that and it's that there's a horse and a rider. Imagine that that's you, okay? Mm-hmm. The rider is your rational part. The horse is your emotional part, and that's like the more wild part that you're not gonna be able to control. So you have to tame the horse and yeah. be able to ride it properly, right? So your rationality has to come in and, and you know tame the horse, tame the emotions, but. That being said, if you have too tight of a control on your emotions, you're going to be restricted in where you're able to go and where, you know, you're not going to be able to come to a, a conclusion and act on whatever it is in life that you have to act on. Yeah. So uh, they say, you know, take a step back whenever you're trying to decide something. Look at all the options you have using the rider, the rational part of you. Once you've decided what the best route is for you, Unleash the reins and let your emotions carry you there. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like if you're working out, let's say, you know, okay, logically speaking, let me find the best days for me to work out, whatever workout plan I have to go, I have to do these lifts and whatever, right? But when you get into the gym, 
let the let, let the reins loose, you know, you know, put on some music or something, get yourself in the state, the emotional state, and then let it loose and just go go ham, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a balance, right? It's about finding that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So actually, I, I watched this um, video um, in class a while back, and they said something that kind of stuck with me, and it was, um, you can't control your first emotion source or your first reaction towards something, but you don't have to act upon it. Like, you could feel it, right? Oh, yeah, but you don't have to act upon it. So, whether it be a confirmation or a racial bias or any type of bias, right? You're going to experience it, but then you have, like you said, have to step, take a step back. Be like, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right way I should think? And then rationalize it. And if it is, then go with it. But if it's not, then take a step back. Because it's not bad for you to, like, think about it first. It's bad to act upon it first. Yeah. That's funny because I actually wrote that down as another point here. Okay. As a thing, it says increase your reaction time, which is take a step back, let mm-hmm. your emotions die down, then rationally think about it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, even the Bible, like it points out, I was think, trying to think of the actual verse, but it says um, be slow to anger, and then it talks about like if you have anger, don't have wrath. But then later on it says, you know, to release your anger. So it's almost like telling you how to do the countdown in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I've learned outside of a relationship, yo, if you actually take an extra second to think beyond like certain what you feel at the moment, mm-hmm. like you actually end up making a pretty good choice. And they say, you know, like never do anything permanently stupid just because you're temporarily upset. So it's ever if ever you come across a misunderstanding and such, or if you face something that conflicts your own bias or whatever, mm-hmm. it is always good to see on the other side. Like take a quick moment, release your ego, because that is the death of life. Like Constantine, uh, Constantine. I'm sorry, I can't talk. Stanislavski, he said, uh, ego is the death of art. And for me, it's kind of like ego is the death of life. So to get rid of these biases, or at least to be aware of it, it's like ego does have to come down in a bit. And that's something that's a part of emotion. Like, the emotion arises because of my ego. Like, I'm so upset, I'm so hurt, because you attacked something that's on my ego. If, if it's something like, oh, you're being very... Uh, bias about this and it's just like I don't believe you or any opposition so, mm-hmm. so it's like that me personally I see that as a, as a way of taking an extra moment to think like you know yeah it actually turns out mm-hmm. really good in life you know how they say like you should get like a night's sleep like you should sleep on it like that's a real thing because when yeah. you sleep you can kind of like refresh and be like I'm not as angry I'm not as pissed like all the yeah. cortisol in my body is fucking to the <laughs> yeah. top of my head I'm not like tripping out I can think like okay like what do I do yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to throw a little twist here then. Isn't, okay, aren't there times where we rationalize to ourselves, I should not have acted in that situation, and I'm glad that I waited to let the anger, you know, uh, slow down mm-hmm. um, and wait a couple days before uh, I decide to act, right? If I wait a couple days, then my emotions are gone, and I'm like, oh, I was just overreacting, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that same situation arises over and over and over again. Let's say you're in a relationship with you yeah. get yourself into a negative loop. Oh, yeah, God. and you yeah. rationalize away. You should be making that decision. You should be cutting through, and literally just you know you know what you have to do, right? Let's say uh, someone's disrespecting you in in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you're with a girlfriend or something, and uh, uh, you're out shopping or something, and she like throws. A purse at her purse at you, you know, <laughs> saying that she's pissed that you're not holding her purse for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something, right? In that moment, you're thinking you're really angry, and 
if you tell yourself, okay, let me just increase my reaction time. Let me, let's wait it out. Let's wait a couple hours or like a couple days. And by that time, you won't even be angry anymore. But you know that that person disrespected you and you should have acted in that moment and told them like, hey, look, I don't like the fact that you're, you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? I think in that point, you should still take a step back, right? And because okay. you don't want to act out of anger. Like when you when you yes. talk to someone, it's the approachability. Yeah, yeah. when okay. you talk to someone, approach. yeah, yeah. you want to be calm about it. You want to be calm but firm. So allow the anger to to you know die down. You then, still in your mind, you still know that it was wrong, and you still have to correct it, right? Yeah. But you don't have to act in the moment and do it right away. So you could right. be like, all right, you know what? I let this go. And then when you get home, you're like, hey, you know. I the way you were acting is not right. I'm not. I'm not gonna let you treat me like this. Yeah. You know. So I kind of disagree with that a little bit, like because then that seems a little bit passive aggressive to me. I would rather confront the person on the spot, but you have to be able to just calm down your anger. Mm -hmm. So instead of being like, like, oh, don't throw your bag at me. You're such a piece of shit or something like that. You can just yeah. like relax, and it's difficult, but it is possible to just be like, you know what? Like, I don't like the way you're treating me right now. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I tell a story? I'm not going to okay. use any names, but this is uh, someone I was with prior, like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. We were in a heated argument once, and I guess, you know, at the time we didn't know how to fight fair. And that's another thing, too. You have to learn how to fight fair. I'm learning that still. Anyway, it came to a point where she was physical with me, gave me two right hooks. I was like, that was a pretty good hit. Mm -hmm. But instead of, like, re retaliating or, like, protecting myself or saying, oh, you know, I was out of defense, I stood there for a moment, looked dead in the eyes, walked up, and, excuse my language from this point, and I was like, don't ever fucking do that again. And I, I said it as calm as possible because I didn't want to sense any threat or anything. Like, hey, we're, we're coming at a point where that was really too far. And I have to let you know right now because... It, it has to be known right now because you know how it feels. You know to the point that we got to. Cross the boundary. Yeah. <laughs> like you were habitually line stepping at that point. And I feel like it was okay because it never happened again, nor did it ever come close. And I'm just like, you know, it's glad. Like on my side, I can stop it. But somebody else is like, you got to let them know at that point. You kind of made her realize like how stupid she is, too. Yeah, because like, is, like, like she took physical action again too. Like that's ridiculous. Dude. Like, and that's the thing too. I was just like, I don't want to. Yeah, and that, it's like it felt good in a sense, not to say like, oh, I did better. It's just uh, it was kind of good to show the example. Like, yo, I didn't have to use any physical force to win or to to kill the storm. Because at that point, I was like, all right, this has to stop. Now. This is fucking foolish. So, yeah. Like, no, no, but but I do think about the reaction time though. I did take one moment. Not too long of a moment, though. Because right. if it was too long, you'd be like, oh, he's a wimp, whatever, he walked away. It was more like, I can do something, and my shadow guy really would have done something. But instead, I choose to humility and humble mm -hmm. with the approach, but still know that it was really bad what you did. Okay. Like, it was it was many layers going through my face at the time. So I, I, think, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. To, to have a quick reaction in it, but it is about the approach to it. Yeah, yeah. And I still think, yeah, to show at that moment, like, yo, you gotta say something. Just don't, don't let it just pass. Right? I think it depends on the situation. If it's something extreme that needs to be taken care of in the moment, yeah. then in that case, it should be taken care of right away. Because, I mean, I get that. That's a very in-the-moment <laughs> yeah, type of situation. Um, 
if you can just you know take a step back and then handle it later when you're more calm yeah uh, or if it continues to be like that like you were saying then really critically think about what the actions the other person is doing and if they're beneficial for you and if they're not then just walk away completely don't go back to yeah. it don't continue with it. i mean it's harder it's harder done said than it's easier said than done typically the way i like to approach a situation like this is if you know if you get some something some sort of bad behavior from anybody i the first thing i like to do is give them the benefit of the doubt the first time around mm-hmm. um and if there are, are other indications that this person is doing this out of malice mm, or you know easy, yeah. or yeah. if they if they have some sort of intention to really do something right Second, yeah. or they're being passive aggressive or whatever the case may be right the next time around that happens okay to me it's like okay i'll give you the benefit of the doubt the benefit of the doubt once maybe twice you know maybe twice maybe you're in a bad mood or whatever the third time around, if that happens, I, usually it's like you were saying, Nick, you know, calm down, be able to control your anger in the moment. Mm-hmm. Take, a, take a step forward, maybe even pull them aside and say, hey, look, like, I don't know what I did to, you know, elicit this kind of behavior from you, but this is crossing a boundary and I don't think that this is okay, right? Um, and the second you do that, and it's, it's kind of hard, right? For some people, it's hard to have that confrontation. It's a, it's a, it's a crucial conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But they, there have been studies done, numerous studies, on how the, the people who perform the best in any like, company, for example, are the ones that can actually have crucial conversations, right? There was, that, there was a whole book on it. Um, uh, they, they did studies, again, like the, the people in a company, for example, are always afraid to... Uh, go against the CEO's ideas, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, they're like, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to make an enemy out of the CEO or something. Like mm-hmm. he's like the freaking master here, right? Uh, but it, the ability to have a crucial conversation without offending the other person, um, or you know, offending their their status in, in as the CEO, let's say for example, the ability to do that was what made those people really successful in the company in the future. Um, so having that crucial conversation is... is, is to be an asset, you have to have balls. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You, you can't be like... You, if you're afraid of your superior, you're no benefit to the company. Yeah. Okay, so you can't be scared, but you should always act with respect. Yes, yeah. I, I 100%. That's how you have a crucial conversation. Yeah, and see, that's the thing, too. I was learning that respect doesn't always mean, like, to fear someone. It's just more of, like... Almost like, say, like saying the uh, words humble. Like, mm-hmm. you know, humble isn't just like, oh, you know, I'm down below. It's just more like... I see you, I, I, I do have the ability to do something. Like, let's say if I had a big bat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could use it, but instead, I choose to react with love. I choose to react with whatever, because I had that power and such. Yeah. And I think that kind of gets rid of uh, the confirmation bias in the sense, like uh, you said, not being able to speak to the CEO and superiors and such. Yeah, because they're afraid to get fired. And yeah, and it's just like, I think a lot of people give themselves confirmation bias about that based off of false things, you know? like. Mm-hmm. How you said, uh, how we were talking about earlier, uh, about shooting our shots. Or like uh, having 50% of uh, success versus the 25 we give ourselves. It's kind of like all in the same loop. Confirmation bias could be towards the good things that we have or like the beliefs that we have or things that we fear that are also beliefs and stuff. So I feel like that's actually uh, a good key way to get rid of it is to learn how to have those crucial, I'm sorry, crucial conversations that right. I talked right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but, yeah. when you were saying like humble, I think the perfect way to describe it when I'm like, or like humble in terms of like seeing someone as, um, oh 
shit, I'm gonna lost our words here. But it's a word you just said. Superior. A superior. So when you have respect for someone, you don't see them as above you, but you see them like, dude, that guy's a fucking badass. Yeah. That guy is like a guy like like he's useful. I love having conversations with him. I'm able to like talk to him. I'm able to like like we can have a conversation and I can gain knowledge from him. Yeah. Versus like, oh like he's better than me. Because if you have that mindset, you'll never be able to have a good conversation. I used to have a belief, I mean, I kind of still do, that I believe no one's either above or below me, right? Everybody is human, everybody has the possibility to reach the status I'm at, or, to, or I'm able to reach whatever status I want as well. So when I talk to someone, whether they be a janitor or my boss, I'm going to talk to them, again, with respect as if they are my equal, because they are equal to me, at least in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a good way to go about things, you know, just don't be like, oh, he's unreachable, and then don't also, like, undermine other people. Yeah, because then, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. People are way more than just their work yeah. as well, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the janitor, you can't assume anything about him. He can no. be amazing, dude. You can have a business on the side. Yeah, it's yeah. like making tons of money or something, you know? For all we know. Um, no, I think that that comes in with just treating people with a decency, right? Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know, when people view it like that, you just, to me, you can't really trust people like that. Because if they, if they have a clear indication of like, this person has to be treated a certain way and this person has to be treated another way. If you mess up, let's say, or your status goes down, right? The clear, that, that instantly, that person is going to latch onto you they're going to, like, bring you down harder. You know, it's just, it, it's not good energy to be around, right? Mm -hmm. They're not uplifting. And this goes for, also, if you're in a group of friends or something, and someone's trying to better themselves, right? And they're trying to rise above, you know, just, let's say, the, the average person, right? They're working on themselves. And uh, friends in the group don't like it or something like that. And they get jealous or envious or whatever. Yeah. That person, if they think like that, they're going to automatically try to, in any way, shape, or form, bring that friend down. Yeah. That's, those are not true friends. Yeah. You see, the person who you're going to meet as that friend in the very beginning versus if that friendship lasts a long time, the person that you're going to be at the end of that friendship or later on in the future, years down the road, is not going to be the same person. Mm -hmm. Like, if, you know, we're still friends, like, in 10 years, I can guarantee you I'm not going to be the same person I am now. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you yeah, shouldn't be, to be honest, because yeah. we've wasted 10 fucking years. Yes. Sorry, no, no, just go for it. <laughs> we, we've wasted 10 years, I think, in that case. Like, you know who it is that we... I've, I've been thinking about that. Like, yeah. if I do have friendships and stuff, I do want to see people change. I do want to see people win, because it's going to make me want to elevate my game. <laughs> Not in the sense of one-upmanship, mm -hmm. but just more of... I don't know. It's it's something about a tangibility about it's it. It's like wow, like look how far I've come. Like, mm -hmm. Look at my look what my fucking friends have done. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like what makes them different from me in a sense where it's like, yo, go do your work. Yeah, go do your work. They are studying their craft and they're cultivating their craft. Mm -hmm. Why not do the same for you? Like, yeah, yeah. bruh, it's okay to be a nerd and whatever it is that you have your heart on. Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, no, it's it, it's more of a validation I think at this point. Yeah, in a sense, it's like being around. Uh, uh, to be around true friends or to have a true uh, bond and connection mm -hmm. and such where it's just like yo your energy that you're bringing right now that you're succeeding is actually pouring and I feel it on me because it's like oh now I'm starting to do things a certain way like oh I'm starting to pick up habits mm -hmm. and then oh maybe I can talk something off to you it's like oh <laughs> whatever it may be I don't know well, I don't know I think that's I think that's a part of the awareness like if people are aware of themselves and validated within themselves and they can have those healthy relationships to have you know mm -hmm. that type of bond 
bounce off and such. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing us to us just yeah. because literally the mic isn't here. It's just us that I'm talking about. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, um, I was just going to say, yeah, to me, like, the true friendship thing, it's not about, like, who's, if getting a friend that's higher than me or richer than me, because that doesn't matter to me. That's them. That's, let them be them, right? Yeah. It's more about, yeah, <laughs> it's more about um, people that are going to support you and you can support with, like, you know, show them love, show them support, show them uh, just people that are good for you overall. Um, again, even in this group, we're so diverse, right? I mean, you... Or you two are like the econ people. You're like the arts uh, actor, but and then I'm more in the, the like mechanical, technical type of field. And then we're all different, but it doesn't mean that I'm not gonna support your dream or your dream or your dream. I mean, by all means, dude, I want to see you become a good actor. I want to see you start your law school. I want to see you, you know, do your real estate and then do entertainment and everything you want to do yeah i mean in in those ways i feel like that's what friendship is it's pushing others to do what they want to do to the best of their abilities and having them return the favor because if it's a one-sided thing it's not a friendship Mm -hmm. they're just using it but if it's like you know if it goes back and forth then it then you have a friendship and it's Mm -hmm. a good friendship and then you should cultivate that and continue that's actually exciting too because now it's like thinking yo who's parth gonna be in 10 years who's nick gonna be in 10 years who'll be in like, who are y'all going to be in 10 years? <laughs> this is pretty dope because if we're, you know, speaking about the awareness of the subjects we talk about now, mm-hmm. like, how much more when we get to where we want to be? Yeah. Um, who is it that I think Jim Rohn said, you know, it's not about how much money I ever had in my bank account. It's who I had to become in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yo, that's actually a great prize. Like, the, you know, the Paul that I'm becoming mm-hmm. now. Is way better than the one ten years ago. Like I feel way more physically fit, even though I eat like trash. <laughs> but you know, it's it's just like funny watching it in my own life and then being able to see it in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just imagining where they were before. Like how you showed us a picture earlier. You know, the party dude. <laughs> I was just like, yo, that really was you. Gold chain and stuff. More good than me. <laughs> but seeing how you are now, I'm just like, yo, that's like instant validation right there yeah and it's it's cool to like see other people grow so i don't know it's very inspiring and it's weird to say the but the people that are around you matter a lot right because um when we started hanging out and well we met like in a whole party scene and everything and it was fun for a while right like with everything but i felt like if we would have continued in that crowd we would have just become not we wouldn't have been as good as we are right now i'm not saying we're great or better we're a lot better than before so, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we got grown at that stage. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? That's yeah. why we can't go out and party and stuff and go out to whatever. To do things. Bars or whatever. Yeah, we're not saying we're, you know, born. We're not going to party. I'll say that's a bad thing. Because I do enjoy being with us. I just said, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. But I mean, yeah, even like the growth that we've done, I mean, uh, when I met Nick, well, I was kind of already on the uh, on the path of getting fit, but he kind of pushed me to get a little bit more fitter. And then Tommy went a step further, and we made a competition with Tommy about who could get the fittest. We both failed after a while, but it's cool. <laughs> there you go. And then you know, just the support, like that, like uh, Tommy yesterday, man. I I love them because you know, remember, and I was fasting. We were supposed to do it with Nick, but 
We won't get into that. I had to commit that to you. I apologize. It's cool. No, it's not. Yeah, y'all mean that. That's me. But yesterday, I really wanted to break it. And then I even told I told Tommy when you guys were awake, because I was like in the kitchen, I was like, I'm tempted to just like eat something. Just because I was already at the point. Yes, I'm yesterday. I was just dead and like over it. Um, but he's like, dude, no, you're so close to it. Like, I, I just want to see you push. Even if you don't make it to like the end of the week, because I only had two more days, right? So like, even if you don't make it to the end of the week, at least make it to tomorrow. And I'm like, fuck, you know what? You're right. And that's the kind of encouragement that friends should provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 100%. Yeah. Like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's yeah. one of the sayings of the future. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, by the way, the second bias is uh, called the conviction bias. Um, and this one plays out uh, like this. I believe in this idea so strongly, it must be true. And we hold on to an idea that's, uh, you know, it's, it's secretly pleasing to us, but deep down inside we might have some doubts as to its truth. So we actually go an extra mile to convince ourselves uh, or to believe it with, you know, such great vehemence and like we're going to loudly contradict anybody who uh, or loudly uh, shut down anybody who contradicts us. You know? mm-hmm. um, but it's secretly pleasing to our ego. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if someone else says something otherwise, that doesn't mean it's necessarily true. What they said, you might be correct, but mm-hmm. there has to be logic behind it. There has to be mm-hmm. reasoning behind it and there has to be proper reasoning behind it. Yeah. Um, I meet a lot of people who just say like, dude, I'm going to fucking make it. I'm going to be successful. And they don't provide any backing to it. And yeah. it's like, okay, like, I, I've done that myself. I've, like, you're like, oh, dude, I know I'll make it. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I know I'll make it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, if you, like, confirm yourself like that, you're never going to take the steps to actually make it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're just you're following me. That is true. Like, I've learned a lot of the the power in having moves actually made is shutting the fuck up and just making the moves. Like, I thought about it even... <laughs> I mean, you know, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I like uh, conviction bias to an extent, just because I'm aware of it, mm-hmm. and I kind of use it to my favor sometimes to keep me going. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. But to have some logical reasoning, like to see things really how they really are, has been way more helpful and way more uh, growing. You know, like it helps me grow a lot more in a sense. It waters you more in a sense. Yeah, right? like yeah, to where I can actually like you know make things the way that I actually wanted them to be. Like, yo, this is cool. But to be aware of the conviction bias, like, or to be unaware, like how you said in the beginning of the podcast, I think is the danger side. Where it's just like, I blindly believe this, that, you know what, I'm just going to be closed-minded. You realize, like, a lot of those type of people, and not not to say this in a bad way, are kind of like the ones that would live on the same block forever. Mm-hmm. In a sense, and never venture out like their world is literally just their block in a sense within their mind you know like you can't really travel to other people's mm-hmm. culture like the amount of people that i've met since moving to california or even just in the past two years has made me way less like uh biased in certain things like yo there's actually a lot more open mind you know like at least acceptance of it to where i'm not shutting it down blindly now i have a question is conviction bias really a bad thing right because for I, don't, I don't think it's bad I, right. I don't know I just I feel like the awareness of it is mm-hmm. what makes it not bad okay. mm-hmm. we, we felt we talked about this earlier actually um, 
there's something called the concept called frame control, right? And I think I've explained this concept to you guys before, and it's, mm -hmm. um, I'll explain it again for the audience. So the idea is that there is a, a, uh, an objective reality, and there is a subjective reality, meaning the objective reality is what happens right in front of your eyes, mm -hmm. and your subjective reality is the interpretation of the events that just occurred or happened, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is an easy, easy way to fall under conviction bias, but it can be used to your advantage and your favor to actually make it happen for you. It's kind mm -hmm. of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah, right? So the example I gave last time was when you walk into a club or a bar and everyone starts to look at you, you know, is your inter that that's the objective reality. The objective reality is everyone's looking at you. Mm -hmm. The subjective is your interpretation of that. So what does that mean? What is the meaning behind this? Right? Is it because you know, people are like looking at me because I look weird or is it because I look awesome? Now, um, you should be grounded in some sort of realism, right? To, to you know, help you with this. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't just be blindly like you're walking with basketball shorts, like glasses and like messed up hair and everyone's looking yeah. at you like, and you're like, nah, I'm fucking awesome, you know? And that can help. That can still help because you're going to carry yourself differently, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be as realistic as it would have been if you, if you actually have uh, something to back it up, right? Like you're actually dressed well, or you're carrying yourself well. If that happens and people are looking at you, then you can pretty much, you know, bet that they're See, they're that's, you, you're awesome. that's from protection of the ego, I think. Like a lot of people sometimes would tend to choose the, the higher side to protect their ego, just like how you would with homeless people. Like, I, I kind of sympathize and I get it. Like, when a lot of people are looking at you in a strange way, you kind of have to create an alternate reality in your head that they're looking at you because they like you or that they only ignore you because they are not worthy of you or something, you know, in sure. a sense, sure. to protect their ego so, you know, that they don't try to commit suicide or something, or you know. Yes. And I feel like that's always the easier choice is to protect the ego just because it's a nerve-wracking setting. And, you know, like, if you don't take a moment to take a step back, like what we were talking about earlier, yeah. to really analyze... I think it's easier to always choose, like, oh, protect the ego, protect the ego. Oh, you know, like, oh, I'm in an uncomfortable thing, protect the ego. You know, in a sense, yeah, so now it's like principle. being aware of it. It's a pleasure principle, right? Yeah. yeah that's to protect the ego. Yeah, um, but again, yeah, like that. So your reality should be grounded in some sort of realism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, also take into consideration the feedback that's being given to you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the environment will give you certain, you know, feedback. But, uh, wow. yeah. yeah. That's. That's such a good clarification for that, dude, because, like, yeah. if you're, I don't know, I feel like that's, that happens all the time. Yeah. Honestly. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But another place where I think it, like, conviction bias, like, plays a lot is on religion, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's just, you're convinced that you're answer is the answer and no one else is the only answer the majority of it and then i'm not saying you i mean i know a lot of religions which is kind of i guess is kind of bad in my sense is uh tell you not to question it but i think you should question it and if at the end of the day you end up choosing that the religion is the religion you want to follow then by all means but at least think about it and question it so that you know and you're 100% convinced that what you're doing, it's... I agree with you. I actually started questioning because I started falling in love with my, like, faith in a sense. And what I mean by that is, like, the intellectual curiosity of it. Like, mm -hmm. yo, I'm actually curious about what it is that's really going on that I'm reading about or what it is the moral story behind it because 
I don't want to be, you know, one of those type of people that's like, oh, did you really even, like, understand what it's saying? Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, see what it's saying? And that's why I started questioning, in a sense. So that's why I think if people would actually, like, uh, question what it is that's in the faith, they actually become stronger, in a sense. And more accepting on the outside, I think, because you... I don't know, I feel like, for me at least, I started seeing the other side. I started seeing every stone that was unturned. And it's like, yeah, I could go and fall back on the confirmation bias where I find supporting facts for only my side. But if you're aware of it, I think, you know, yeah, it does actually play to your favor in a sense. I mean, at least for me and my, my faith. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I believe it's personal for, for everybody yeah. in their own way. But yeah, it's just, uh, I, I do think uh, religion does fall under it a lot. And it does give a bad stigma. Yeah. Too, in the sense where it's like, this is the only way, you know. For me personally, I, I want to say my way is correct for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say your way is wrong. That's the correct. Kind of like, you know, I want you to pick me to like me, but not to hate me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. Um, I feel like... T- Religion would have more backing if more of their, more of the followers, like the religious followers that follow that religion, um, actually knew what they were talking about. Because I've met a lot of followers from different religions. They're like, I follow this religion, but they only tell you like the basic side of it, right? They, they don't question it. They don't have intellectual curiosity about what it is. And to be honest, I see that as a sign of like fully loving and wanting to understand, like. Mm-hmm. I actually like other people's theories because I love, I love uh, coming across different, you know, minds. You know, yeah. like it's cool to see that my mind and my way of thinking is not the end all be all, the cookie cutter way. Because that'd be boring. I, you know, know everything that's right. going on. <laughs> but to not, yeah, yeah. Like now, I feel surprised when I come across, you know, like I don't know. And that's why I think when it when it comes to religion, I really push like in my heart. Question, question everything and try mm-hmm. to find answers. You can't just question it out there and then, you know, if an answer comes, it comes. No, you have to put in work. As to well. try to get it, yeah. But, like, uh, I, I do think the intellectual curiosity is a missing factor, and that does create the conviction bias in a sense. Because mm-hmm. if you study it in a sense, I think you do get both sides where it's like, oh, I can see what you're saying, but here's why I'm explaining why I believe my side. Mm-hmm. And I can accept both ways. And not lose my faith in a sense because a lot of people feel like oh you know you know my faith is gone because uh i accepted someone else's um theory as a possibility you know Mm -hmm. no no there's a lot of things like i don't know i'm starting to learn at least for myself and it's funny how you say that i was like yeah i I actually see that too yeah being you know very very um actually uh me and nick had a um me and Nick had a conversation, and because I, I I was the Christian and I stopped being a Christian, um, and then we were we were talking about like the whole beginning, and they're like, how can we question that there was or there was not a God, or I don't know actually it might not have been Nick it might have been Tommy it was one of them, <laughs> um, and he's like, oh well in the scientific then people say oh it exploded or it expanded from like the Big Bang right, and then he's like. So that's how scientists explain it. But I'm like, yeah, but even for the Big Bang to happen, it had to be something prior to that. And no one can explain that. If you want to question religion in that sense of like, oh, what, what came before God? Or what came before the Big Bang? No one will ever know. Because it was like, 
So, I mean, a lot of the questions, it's just because you question it doesn't mean that you will automatically fall out of, like... Yeah, and that's, yeah, like you're compromising your, your religion. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, it's funny too, like, sometimes I see science to prove, like, um, that there is evidence to just because you think about how the earth is built and such, where it's like, how can we have so much amount of gravity, enough to hold water, and I know it's, like, scientifically proven, but, like... Mm-hmm. Who comes up with these type of things if no other uh, planets have this type of ecosystem? At least that we know. Yeah. And, such. and even if there are, I think that proves there there is a God even more so. Because how do all these things come up? You know? And yeah. yeah. As far as like evolution and such, that, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. yeah. I was watching so many videos that discredit at least the Darwin way, but. Oh. But whoa, whoa. It's, wow, it's, really? It's crazy. Like. I mean, yeah. Um, scientifically. We have actually had change. We have actually had change. But I mean, I actually back when I was uh, a Christian, I actually um, used to merge Darwinism and religion. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So Darwinism is just evolution over time. I believe that still humans were created separately than animals at that point. So you do, you I did. That's okay. That's, that's why like, because this is the thing. Like, I don't believe that a fish became a reptile and became a mammal, and then mm-hmm. I really, yeah, on that side, because it's like saying, oh yeah, there's dog species of reeds or whatever. And it's like, well, that's just like skin tone and such. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though. He was saying something interesting. How is it that you can have a, a disease cell that evolves into a disease cell? Like, you know, it has to regress from something. It can't morph into more intelligent you know what I'm saying actually it can though through mutation of the DNA but did they have sickle cell anemia back when the reptile or reptilian periods did they have sickle cell anemia back when it was you know it's something as, as simple as a mutation of a cell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying now so it's like would it actually evolve with that mutation and not correct it because that's just saying oh I'm just going to create a another chip that's brand new but it still has Oh no, but it didn't happen like on an instant. It happened over millions of years. See, the reason why we can't really rest. Why would it be something? No, because since it's something new, it's like uh, it's like the genetic pool. You know how you 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 know why um, breeding within a family or within a community like throughout is too close. Not only is too close, but there's not enough um, genetic um, variation. Uh, it, that's, that's so what I'm saying, that mutation. No, no, it would be fish with fish, but then the fish, when they breed, some of them would have mutations, and then they would continue breathing, and then that's how the things... It doesn't know. It just happens sporadically. That's why there's no way to like really determine where like mutation will take you or where evolution will take you. Uh, it normally adapt, adapts to like the environment because um, at least in Darwinism, the theory well, no, is. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense as far as like our melatonin and such. Yeah. Like, even mine from Sub-Saharan, there's a higher heat or whatever, so we have more melatonin. Correct. 
It's definitely not. It's definitely not. It's used to produce, you know, your your sleep. Yeah, we gotta we gotta correct that on there. But you guys aren't alone. Like different features, like the nose that carries more water and such. Our lips are bigger because of carrying more hydration and such. What do you mean? Like if you look at people who are in tropical or sub-Saharan areas, most times the nose are bigger and the lips are bigger because of carrying moisture. Um, so if you think of like the Anglo-Saxons and such over during like uh, I, I can't remember I remember this in world history actually. Mm-hmm. They have slender nose slender lips because they're in cold areas which require less uh, hydration. So. Oh the less blood flows to the nose yeah. so it doesn't so yeah. it doesn't actually like yeah like we don't survive well there and just like you know where are these videos by the way I'm, I'm just curious I would Please do. This is curious because I was trying to link it and I'm like, I'm trying not to get lost in the lingo. I'm trying to, you know, keep it the same. But it's just like, uh, it's like, have we seen much of the changes that we're talking about over the, the length of time? Because it's like, we still see the fish and we still see that, like what happened Oh, but the thing about that is that I have read into it. Uh, The reason why we haven't really seen it is because recorded history for humans has not really been that long. If anything, it's been a couple thousand years. Uh, Evolution actually happens through millions. In order to really be tell. Well, that's that's what I mean. It's like mutations and things like that don't happen like, oh, you're going to grow up an extra limb right away. It's like, oh, you start out with maybe a little bulge here now. And then everybody that you like your your children will start will have the little bulge, mm-hmm. and eventually that little bulge will yeah. start turning into something else and yeah. something else. And, and there's two forces of Darwinism and evolution, right? There's natural selection, which is if you survive in the environment and you reproduce, you're you're good. Right. And then there's sexual selection, which is if you you know if you are able to reproduce, essentially. So survival and reproduction, those are the two key factors in in Darwinism, right? So. So, yeah. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, that yeah. might be a topic for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying with the open mind to see yeah, all sides. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, so if we literally started off with a single cell, what other fucking cell that possibly came together? You know, like they're trying to recreate it with a super collider, like uh, slamming cells in the hadron collider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, in Sweden or something. Yeah, and it's just like okay. <laughs> yeah, we should we should really get back uh, to. Anyway, <laughs> we have a podcast on that one. Yeah, yeah. We should, like yeah, evolution and Darwinism and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. I like I like playing devil's advocate on both sides. It's like I I like to see the scientific sides of science. But anyway, um, going back to it, I was actually using science to question religion, and I actually found that you know, if it's going back to confirmation bias, I'll accept it. But I did actually find out that there were more things supporting that there is a, a supreme being in God. Mm-hmm. If we understand it, in any of our religions, to be honest, I think it's hard to say because we're not God. But I think the actual acknowledgement is where the faith should really stem from. Mm-hmm. And how you get there, you know, it may be some weird design. Because you can get to Las Vegas by taking the 15. You can get to Las Vegas by going all the way up north into Canada. And still driving all the way back down. Mm-hmm. Just whichever way you get there, the mm-hmm. way you get there. So that's what I think as far as, um, as the scientific side proving the conviction bias. Conviction bias. I can't yeah. talk it. No, I didn't have enough coffee. <laughs> 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 no, <I'm sorry. laughs> no, but going back to that, um, 
I feel now more open-minded and like I fell in love with my face because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think just being aware of the confliction bias, I think kind of helped it. I agree, and I feel like the fact that you questioned it like backs up your religious beliefs more. Yeah. And if you were just been like, "Oh, I believe in it because I read about it, and I don't need anything to prove about it." Yeah. See, yeah. I don't want to do that line anymore. Like, I create a desire. Yeah. So, the, like, the things that I want to know, like, I really truly want to know. Like, if I say, "Oh, I know Julio," I want to truly say, "I know Julio," not just based off of what people tell me. Yeah. You know, like I know you for myself. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to get to. It's just like, Parth knows you for how Parth knows you. I know you for how I know you. Yeah. And that's how I feel like, in an open mind or an open heart, like that's how I believe people can live and not be with the conviction bias. No, just, just question it. Or I think that's the way to solve conviction biases, is question it. Don't, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to like, take away from it, it just means you have to question it. Yeah. Um, conviction bias also sort of ties into the last bias we're going to talk about, which is superiority bias. Um, that which is like you you think you are better than you actually are, um, and so the way to fix that and conviction bias in you know the case in which people see you, the way people see you is you. There's a quote and a saying: uh, see people as see yourself as others see you. Does that make sense? So. And obviously, other people will see you in different ways, right? Like, everyone has a different uh, interpretation of you. Uh, but the majority of people and how the vast majority of people see you, you should see yourself as they see you. So that you can, it's, again, going back to being grounded in realism, right? But, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's tough. But, so the third bias is called appearance bias. As um, what plays out. I understand the people I deal with. I see them just as they are. Um, so, you know, we do not uh, see people as they are, but as they appear to us. And these appearances are usually misleading. First, people have trained themselves in social situations to present the front that is appropriate and that will be judged positively. They seem to be in favor of the conscientious. Um, so we take these masks for reality, essentially. Um, and secondly, we are prone to fall for the halo effect. You know, when we see certain negative or positive qualities in a person, like social awkwardness or intelligence, and other positive or negative qualities uh, are implied to uh, that fit with this, essentially. So, um, people are not necessarily as they uh, seem to be. It's, it's the, what their appearance is, is something different from what they really are on the inside. Uh, and that's a bias we typically fall for. Um, and not just appearance as in the visual appearance, this is like how they, how they are on the inside, like how they carry themselves. Remember we were talking about once, um, actually I think it was on the toxic masculinity one, where uh, you said it was small dick syndrome, where it's like, is that what it's called? Where it's like the appearance of someone in the gym, the way they walk out with their like chest super puffed out, like, uh, like, like they walk like they got, they got something stuck up their ass or something like that. And that's not because they... Person, yeah. Yes, which is another sort of insecurity, right? Well, like the guys who, and I'm not, I'm not taking a hit at guys at the gym walk with their, you know, chest a little bit puffed out or anything. But sorry, guys, we just lost them as our audience. But also, guys who you know like drive these massive trucks, they say that's another example, right? Or like short guys, like super short guys, they're always in the gym, 
uh, just lifting and like trying to get bigger to make up for the lack of lack in height, right? These are just examples. Like, I'm not saying, like, like, oh, like, you have all this, like, you have this jacked body, but like, you have this terrible personality. Like, that's, that's right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of lack of confidence also, like, it's just people in general, when they lack confidence, they'll go to the gym to, you know, and that's, I'm not saying we should not go to the gym. Let's work out, guys. <laughs> I don't think it's wrong at all either. I, I mean, that's why I started. I, I here's the thing, all, but so I think when it comes to, I just don't want it to be like, oh, I do this for everyone else. Like that shit tires me out fast. Like I've learned my life, I burn out a lot faster when I do things for other people. When it's based on changing my life, you need to be self motivated. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually kind of like disagree with that. I mean, not not disagree because I mean everybody has their own thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. So the way I I see it is, I actually get motivated more when it's for someone else. Because it's for myself. I'm like, all right, I don't need to look great. Like I just need to feel good, right? But but if it's for someone else, right? Um, I've done it for my exes before, out of either love or anger. Which, which great motivators. Yeah, anger no, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> anger more. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> anger even more. Is number one, right? Yeah. Is number one. Over money, over everything. Yeah. 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 We want these things because of that. Yeah. 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 But I'm sorry. No, no, it's cool. And then uh, I, the, another reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of ties in with like the whole NoFap movement, which is like you don't masturbate at all. And that's, that's supposed to, to like, you know, like make you make you, you like, you know, <laughs> so driven that that drive the motivation for that comes from sex. It like that's supposed to keep you going and like make you, you know, do these wonderful things according to Napoleon. Yeah. Oh, and also when you do and then you get the clarity behind yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe there's a limit to that, right? Yeah. No, no, it, it, it's fine. No worries. Um, no, I was just gonna go be like, so yeah, basically, love and anger is what kind of motivates me, and it's not just towards myself because I feel like, I mean, I could be okay with myself, but I feel like I, I tend to love other people more. It's it's not healthy-ish, <laughs> but it, it is it is who I am. I mean, yeah. Going back to like kind of what both of you guys are talking about, do you think that? Can you ever really just do something only for yourself? Like when you're saying like you want to go to the gym for yourself, is it that you want to look good for yourself or is it that society told you that you're going to look good because you have muscles mm. and you think that like deep down inside, if you have muscles, they'll look good and if you're good, girls will want to have sex with you or sleep with you or if you look good, you'll have a certain... I would probably say yeah, to be honest. Like it is still based off of what society... I mean like what I've accepted that society's put out as a good image. But... I don't think I would go 
to the lengths of beating myself up in a sense over somebody else. Like, I guess in, in like specific. But I don't know. I just don't see it as like um, I'm tired. It like exhausts me if I do it that way. If I if I live my life based off of wanting to please, because I I have in a sense before, and I think that's why I'm in the crazy debt that I was in now. That I, was in, that I am in now, but it was just because I wanted to serve others. Like, oh, you know, let me lift you up because if you're happy, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if I'm doing like making myself look good to make other people happy, like oh, we we get to look at this body work. But if I do it like, oh, I want to look sexy for myself, and then I also want other people to enjoy it. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. But I'm not gonna do it as an only aim for the outside. For the other person, yeah. 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 That's some side. That's I, don't I don't think it's. I don't think it could be like specifically just that. that but everything that we do is like it's shaped by society, shaped by like what we think oh, is okay and what we think is wrong, like. It all just meshes us into like the position right now. Yeah. Like you can kind of trace back, like, okay, yes, you have your free will to be like, I'm gonna do this today. I want to be this guy. I want to do this thing. But you're still being like pushed towards a certain corner based off the options that you have. Yeah, you have. Yeah. So we can't ignore the like the possibilities or limits that we are given. You know, so are you saying that we're not free? No, we no, are no. free. The thing is, like, once you once you're in that box, you're like. Why am I doing these things? Do I want to do these things? Should I go over here and try something else? And if you do try something else, it's a whole different, like, um, like a whole different round of options. Yeah, I do believe that. Kind of like, if you think about it, like, racially, like, white privilege, a lot of these people that own these really nice houses over in Long Beach that are, like, right off the beach, it was because of privilege. Like, yo, I just realized, like, these young people that have these houses over there, like, no, because of privilege. I don't hate them because of privilege, but it, just, it makes me not feel as bad because, mm-hmm. of, you know, at least not having it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm, I'm sorry, I got off topic. No, 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 it's, it's, it's the same topic. It's the same topic. It's literally, like, an everything thing. Where we're at is, like, the reason why we're sitting in this room right here is not by coincidence. It's not by coincidence. It's by, like, all these little, like, pieces of the puzzle that were, like, put together, and then here we are. And any time we can decide to rip the pieces and throw the board up, but they'll be a bit more constructive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll still be exactly where we need to be. That's the crazy thing. Like, we're literally just watching the journey of life, and I think, I don't know, that kind of made me fall in love with life. Seeing it. No, same, 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 same. It's like, I literally fell in love with life. Like, I could literally <laughs> not do whatever I want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's like you have the full freedom, but whatever it was, was going to be your destiny because it has been written in a sense. Okay. So it doesn't matter. You can't escape it. Whatever happens is already what was already supposed to happen. Even if you make the free choice to make it happen, it was already going to happen. That's, that's, that's right? the conflicting part of it. That's the conflicting part of it. And even the Matrix covered that. Like uh, when Neo broke the vase and like how the Oracle said, oh, don't worry about the vase. And then he turns around and breaks it. And he's like... Oh, sorry. And it's like, I told you not to worry about it. But here's something that's going to bake a noodle later on. Would you have still broken it had I said nothing? And it's just like, oh, damn. Yeah. It was kind of like he was already, like, I don't know. If no, but see, that, but then that would have been the destiny is to not break it, is to prevent the breaking of it. That would have been the destiny. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The, this whole destiny thing, I really want to get into it, but I feel like it's going to be a complete thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's just for another podcast. I really want right? You, you start in one place and you end up in a completely different <laughs> one, right? <laughs> 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 
I don't, no, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. not. It's of course just, not. I could really delve into this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Why not we could um i want to get through their biases though just because we started off how about this we'll get to the biases if we have time we'll go back and cover yes. some of destiny okay. or we can even save it for a different podcast as well and then we can just yeah we are going on topics to the next one yeah yeah back and forth go back watch this again and like write down a ton of like options that we can talk about so oh wait but back to the appearance bias that you were going up i remember um, one of you guys said it before that um, appearance bias is actually based off like um, survival instinct in a sense. Oh, that was me. The that pyramid? Was yeah, yeah, because it, you want to judge people based on their status and the hierarchy so you don't know, so you know like whether or not to fuck with somebody. You know, if you're going to fuck with the chief of the tribe or something like that. He's going to kick you out or something. And that's going to lead to you dying. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to learn how to socially... You have to learn how to get along with people, right? Because if you don't, what's going to happen? You People are not going to like you. You're going to get kicked out of the tribe, right? <laughs> Seriously, that's what happens. Um, and that, that's that's a survival like sort of way of looking at it. But how do you judge where the person is on the hierarchy? A lot of the times it's based on appearance, right? Obviously, there are other factors and stuff. So, with that in, in mind, right, do you think you should take away your um, appearance bias or should you keep it? Because it, it could be beneficial to your survival, but at the same time, it could be hindering to you mistreating others because of how they appear or thinking less of them because of how they appear. So, what I think the appearance bias is trying to say is that don't, yes, the outward appearance may be true to a certain degree, but really, really look deep on the inside. Analyze that person, right? Don't, Don't be afraid, afraid to analyze people. people. I, 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 I draw a clear distinction between judging someone and analyzing them. <laughs> if you're judging someone, it's, 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 yeah, you're just in facts. You're just seeing them for who they are, right? You're not, you're not misled by the appearance that they put up or put on, right? And most of the time, right, it's like the whole, like we were talking about before with the Jack, the guy walking out with his chest puffed out. If you go up and talk to him, he's probably a really friendly person because he doesn't want to get on your bad side because he's insecure about, you know, how other people see him. Right. Mm-hmm. So the appearance may not be the reality. It really comes down to how how do we judge it and how do we really mm-hmm. see it. Now I'm not saying people judge, right? People will judge. We can't tell them not to judge, right? Because I think that again, best thing we can do is not judge ourselves, you know, and make sure we see through the appearance bias and whatever. But the vast majority of people won't, right? A lot of these biases, right? People, vast majority of people are do fall under these cat uh, under these biases, so understand that when you're interacting with with people, right? Um, but when it comes to you interacting with someone, make sure not to fall into that appearance bias, right? Look deeper, really know that person. Really, I I have this belief where it's like you can't really tell what a person is really feeling or thinking unless you really analyze them. Look at their look at. Little, little little like, like facial, facial expressions, expressions you'll see yeah. you'll, you'll see, see little ways that they little comments that they'll make little like uh, you know ways that they move <laughs> right <laughs> or, like, or like you know certain little things that they do paint the bigger picture yeah. you know about what this person is really feeling because again like the bias says people put on masks you know they try to make you see a certain thing about them when that may not be the reality you know so that's that's essential like oh yeah and that's both ways too like i was thinking about the um 
like the hottest girl type of scene. Like a lot of people don't approach her just because they think, oh, she's gonna reject or whatever. Because mm-hmm. that's like the appearance bias where you gotta make the assume somebody's gonna be against you or not in your favor in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I see almost on that side too because you start to act strange or you start to act towards mm-hmm. Um What was the other side? I'm losing my train of thought. Alright, so I have a question for you guys. Have you guys ever made yourself appear something that you were not at the moment? So, okay, now oh, we're gonna. Okay, that's what it was. I, 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 I I think everyone does that to a certain degree, especially in high school when you're really insecure. Um, you know, everyone in high school is thinking about, oh, what does this other person think about? Okay, here's a little fact, okay? Uh, they did a study where the average person they found out in during 10 minutes of conversation lies on average two to three times. They try to put out a facade about two to three times. Okay, here's another thing, okay? When asked... The, the, when asked, you know, uh, this question, have you seen the movie The Godfather? People lied a third of the time. A third of the people lied. Saying that they did. Why would you have to lie about that? It's because you don't want to stick out of the group. You don't want to be the one that, like, didn't watch The Godfather and gets hate for that. Or gets, like, shit for that. Now, that's hardcore appearance bias. People see, like, oh, yeah, he probably did watch it. Why would you question that? Like, Oh, would you question someone who says, yeah, I've seen The Godfather? No. You wouldn't question them, like, but you, for all you know, they may have been lying to you. But the truth would come out, though, because if you're you'd be talking if about, you talk about it, right? <laughs> Unless they know how to really fake it and, and you know, really appears as something that they're not. That's actually the reason why I'd be aware of the appearance bias. It's kind of like, because what if they don't know? It's just like that, uh, and that's kind of all back to the point of, like, uh, anticipating the worst versus seeking out the best of people. Because, like, because of the appearance bias, sometimes... You automatically seek out the worst in somebody. Oh, I don't like how this person, you know, mm-hmm. wears their pants or whatever. If it's sagging, you know, okay, I don't like it either. But I'm not gonna go up and treat them badly because of it, in a sense, because it's appearance bias, you know. But then it's kind of hard to tell people to do the opposite and be aware of it. Well, actually, we had a conversation similar to this. Um, we have to, in a sense, have a an appearance, right? Yeah. Um, we should. We, we were talking about it because I, when I work out, I was telling um, Nick that I like to wear baggy shorts and, you know, just, just loose clothes because when I like to go out running, I don't know, I like looseness, right? Uh, we live in a very, more free, yeah. Uh, we live in an area where it's very nice and everything and then uh, people don't approach me because they think I'm of a lesser class. You know, they, they look at me more as in like I'm, I'm a little more cholo because it, it does give off the appearance of like I'm a little more street i guess in a sense mm-hmm. so and in a sense we actually had the conversation and he's like oh yeah you don't want to off put that appearance right that's not an appearance you should aim for and i i kind of st- i see where his point is right because if you think about it every every person is an opportunity right um so i don't know if you want to say your point better because i think i'm gonna like well kill i was just it. saying like because he was saying like oh it doesn't matter how i dress when i go out because uh i don't want to talk to him anyways at this point i just want to do my own tasks and i was just kind of saying like oh like you should like definitely like like would you want to talk to yourself if you knew that like maybe you're looking like a little bit more ghetto or like less ghetto mm-hmm. just on the way you look mm-hmm. and like okay like 
Me and Lily are both like Hispanic, yeah, and like it's like predominantly like 86, 87% like white area. And I was just like, dude, like, okay, like, number one, like, would you want, if you were like in your, like, your home and you see someone who looks like a little bit like different than what's around you, would you want to go to him and talk to them, right? Um, give yourself the opportunity to just be like, like, okay, like, he's just a normal guy, normal clothes, like, it's not baggy. Um, it gives them more possibilities. Yeah, and it's, it's more for their sake, I think, too. I mean... Like, like don't, don't give someone a reason to judge you for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, like, don't give them a reason. Don't give them a reason, or should people just not do that? It's easier for... Well, see, okay, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's... Remember, it goes back to this, right? People judge anyways. You can't tell people not to judge because it's a natural part of the human brain, right? It's for safety reasons, it's for other things, right? Like... Like you were saying, like, if it's a predominantly white area and they see you and you give off sort of a ghetto vibe, like, they're not, I try to, if you understand it from their point of view, it's, it's not that they're trying to, you know, they're like, oh, like, this is racism or whatever. It might be, okay, like, we, that's a whole other topic, right? Yeah. But I think also it's, you have to understand it from their point of view, you know, the way they view reality is different. And, and when, when they, they see that, that their safe, the, their, their brain's safety, you know, yeah, centers go off, and it's like, am I safe around this person? Because eighty six percent of the people I'm surrounded by are like me, but this is different. And if if this person is different, and I, and he looks like what I think he looks like, and you know, based on what he looks like, this is how he's going to act, which is you know, a certain box you've created in your head about how that person's supposed to act, right? Because he's ghetto, so she, he or she will expect that ghetto person to act in a ghetto manner. Safety thing goes off in the brain it's like okay i need to stay away from that person and just make sure they might stab me or something they might do something right even though it may be wrong on their part to assume that from their perspective it's for safety reasons does that make sense it definitely is wrong for them to assume that you're gonna you're not even gonna that's the thing like you're not gonna right but it's just like they may have that previous i got a little get on me can it be also this is not even a less extreme note that they're afraid of rejection themselves like protecting the ego because a lot of the times i was thinking what has kept me from saying hi to people around i'm afraid of me saying hi to people and them not saying anything as if i don't exist mm. and i hate that shit oh i told oh, you yeah. this is what i told you oh like, actually yeah if someone does that shit to me i'm like this motherfucker yeah it's <laughs> your, it's your, it's your, no why put it on pause and say what the fuck is your problem like you know because they say psychologically you need 10 human contacts a day or something like that um, in order to be healthy. Wow, okay. Crazy enough. I'll, I'll, look, I'll, look, up, I'll look up the uh, actual thing. Not, I don't know about physical contact, but like actual interaction. Mm. But it's just funny because that's how like homeless people are. And that's why a lot of them don't talk to people on the internet. But I'm just like, a lot of times I feel like people don't say hi because they're afraid of rejection. And it's a see, I knew I was right about that mm-hmm. in a sense. Almost as if it's their conviction bias in a sense. Like going mm-hmm. along with the appearance bias because they've never had any actual interactions or maybe they had and it's like one speaks for all in a sense actually you know what though oh my god actually oh no no i was just gonna say i feel like that's the only reason i would not say hello to people is just because i was afraid of rejection even if it was a white person walking down the street who looks harmless or a thuggish person walking down the street who could stab me in the back I'm more inclined to talk to the thug because be like, we know. <laughs> we know. We know the problems that are necessary. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I, I, I feel yeah, I view it sometimes because to protect the ego is even more than to protect, you know, my physical body sometimes. See, but the, the funny thing is, all right, this was coming from, like, at that moment, I don't I don't like really like to be disturbed, but I have this tendency to say hi to everybody. Yeah, everyone. Literally everyone. Oh, 
Okay. So if I'm walking down the street and I see a person, I'm like, hi, and then I just keep going. I'm like, it's a nice thing. Yeah, it's a nice thing. How does this guy know so many people? No. You say hello to like a father, a daughter, a mother, a grandmother, like of all ethnicities, all classes, no matter what. And I'm like, dude, how are you this fucking funny? But the thing is, though, right? I mean, I've encountered like a couple people when I'm dressing, like, you know, like going out on my hike runs and everything, because I do trail running. And I say hi to them, and they say hi back. Like, so I'm feeling like this bias that you, that you, you say exists doesn't really exist as badly. Because I am dressed ghetto, and I am dressed like that. But because my actions speak different, because when I'm running, I'm not doing it with an angry face. Yeah. Like, I think they feel that they can trust because this person's on the hiking trail running. I mean, it's kind of like the familiarity. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's just working. Place, so I think it's okay to say hi, but like... If you're out of your element, like, if I go, like, when I got here in Chino, and I was just like, yo, I, I have, I'm a fish out of water, I don't even know if there's many black people, and I saw some at the, you know, gas station, I was like, hey, there's two of us, there's two of us, three of us, three of us, three of us, three of us, but like, I think sometimes the familiarity of the area also works as well, like, if I'm not familiar in the area, sometimes I'll be less inclined to say hi to people mm-hmm. just because I will feel like a fish out of water. And it's mm-hmm. almost like self-fulfilling prophecy. And then I'll start to feel like, oh, you know, this guy's strange, so I'm not going to say hi to him approaching in a sense. So, so that's now, more because of your actions, too. And that's, and that's why I was like, I think it's for both sides. Like, when I walk now, even with what I'm wearing, to kill the appearance bias on their sake, they're still going to judge. Mm-hmm. I go and I approach them, looking at them, smiling, saying hi. Yeah. Even when I'm walking with the dog in, uh, like, El Segundo. And it's, it's like, like crazy because now everybody says hi because they know that I'm actually friendly. Like, this guy, I mean, looked like he stepped out of a sewer, you know. No, no, no. I'm not talking about my hair. No. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about my hair. Everybody can see it. But um, I think it, it kind of kills it just because of uh, putting out that energy in a sense. But it is easier for us to be aware yeah. and to put on that appearance to, like, give them an opportunity. Like, hey, you know, I'm actually opening my arms to give you a hug. Like, yeah, right. You know? right. And I've actually tried that in different areas because uh, my sister, she lives in Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. And I used to work actually in East LA for a bit too. And in those areas, before I used to go to work or before I visit my sister, sometimes I used to go for a run. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when they are. And I, I, I feel like those are not the safest streets <laughs> to be around. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but even then, I was like, I still kept my whole high, like, that, that. I mean, I got some responses, which I wish I shouldn't have. Like, one guy's like, what are you looking at? I'd be like, I'm going I'm to I'm get you. So I'm like, all right, not fucking with you no more. But I think that goes yeah. into the, what, what I was saying earlier. It's like, I think that rejection, or like, having that feeling. Because if that happens to me, I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to say hi to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not my high for the rest of the run. I'm like, I'm not saying hi to anybody else. Because I'm like, yo, I'm a little, probably not the neighborhood. <laughs> But then I was like, uh, at the beginning of the hike, though, uh, at the run, when I'm saying hike, um, at the beginning of the run, I was saying hi to just anybody. And then, mm-hmm. again, they were like very happy. They're like, hi, they just say hi back. And it was because even though I, I didn't look like um, I belonged there, they were still friendly to me because I showed them a friendly side of me. They, had, they saw no threat to me. So they're like, okay, I guess we could be cool. But did you have to initiate every hike? Most of them. Most of them. Okay. No, because I was curious. I'm like, I think, I think it works to your favor when you initiate the high. And that's why I'm like, 
I see it work to my favor because I have to initiate it most times. And I get surprised as fuck when people like say hi. Like, hey, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I was just saying hi. Yeah, the people that want to start a conversation. I get by contact now because I want them, like, I really want every person that I pass by to say hi. Because, I don't know, this is weird. Like, I, I have this theory now that if one missed hi, it could have been said, or, you know, one friendly face. Mm-hmm. Could take, take one bad thought away, and one bad thought can be many thoughts, and it's just mm. like a chain reaction. Yeah, yeah. Butterfly, butterfly, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's yeah, one of the good points too. Like I try not to look at the ground as much, even though I will trip over things. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it'd be close. But um, yeah, yeah I try to make eye contact with people. So, yeah. No, but, well, okay, not, so. Not in a creepy way. Like I try to, I try to do it with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> we're just, we're just <laughs> yeah. very so intentional. Oh, Let me describe God. it to you. Nick's brown honey eyes. <laughs> 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 it's uh, no, but, okay, so the reason I was going with this is I feel like the way to, uh, at least the bad thing about the appearance bias, again, is uh, that we just judge right away, and we don't give a person uh, time to act. So, okay, again, one more time. I'm gonna, so I think what he's really trying to say is it's not just, like, visual appearance. It's also how the person, like, seems, right? He, what he's saying is, or, or what, what the appearance bias is really saying is, that, that even if you think you know a person, you don't really, really know a person. There's a Japanese proverb that says everyone has three masks, okay? Mm-hmm. The first mask is the one that we present to society in general, right? People we walk by, we say, hey, whatever, hi, okay? We meet a person for the first time or whatever. The second mask is the one that we present to family and close friends. The third mask is the one that only we know, and this is the truest form of ourself. But the appearance... The reason we, we have to appear a certain way is to fit in with, you know, the, the people outside and to not make sure, to make sure we're not ostracized and things like that. The way we really feel on the inside is something that's different. And that's what the appearance bias, I think, is really getting at. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Not just the visual cues, but like the personality cues as well. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys feel that you can keep a lot to yourself? Do you feel that that's accurate of yourself? No. It's, no. I feel like I'm like completely open to almost everything. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I feel like you do. I feel like there's a part of you that I don't know. I just feel like this. You know what I mean? I mean, but it's, like, I don't feel like it's a large part of you. I just feel like it's a very condensed, small part of you that you just keep very. I, I, so. I think so. I don't think anybody would ever know anyone fully in and out. Like, yeah, you could say, oh, this person will never do this, but yeah, the world is filled with a lot of people saying, yeah. oh, this person never would have done this. And they changed too. Yeah. 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 But that's something like, hey, I don't know, as long as you're aware with yourself, you can go to the best versions of yourself and let that, and let that be the character. You know, like, I think everyone has a shadow person or like, a repressed personality? personality? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's times where I really wanted to come out like, oh, man, I want somebody to say something back because I just want to give them a right look. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, <laughs> not somebody. Dude, dude. Let's get in a fight. I just want to fuck someone up. I'm like, okay. Okay. I really just want to I don't know what it is. And that's why I started doing, like, boxing stuff because I was just like, yo, there's these times that I want to let the shadow person out because it, 
I call it the shadow prison. It's so bad. But it's just like I, I don't want to sit there dormant and just explode on somebody one day. Like I need my own prison. That's why. Like, yeah. Don't so, yeah. do. I feel like I. That's, there, there's a the book called The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. One of there's 18 laws. Yeah, and one of the 18 laws is actually called confront your dark side, the law of repression, and that's what they say. The, the you know the example that he gave was Richard Nixon and how people thought he was one way, but then after Watergate happened and the whole scandal happened, they saw a completely different side of him and they saw the transcripts of all the things that he said in the White House and the in the and they just they saw a completely different side of him, and that's like. Like, how can, you can't believe that that person was like that, but it's a dark side, right? Mm -hmm. But I, going back to your question, I don't think, I'm, me, I'm an open book, to be honest. Um, I don't think a complete open book. I feel like everybody will have things. Sure, 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 sure. But they're just 90%, 95% an open book. Okay. No, I, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so. <laughs> I feel like I know you guys. Like, I know your personalities. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I got to know you a little bit better since we moved in. Since we moved in. Not a, okay. So you, you kind of like it's very similar in the same way. Like you, you follow the same tendencies that you did before, but I have seen a little bit more of a, a caring side in a sense. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad thing though. It's like it's it's actually better than I. Anticipated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe guys are because some of them get things from, from this, or like things that I've already uh, seen. Yeah, seen. Mm -hmm. And just in the conversations. Yeah, so maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, so moving on to the fourth bias. Um, this one's called the group bias. And it plays out like this My ideas are my own. I do not listen to the group. I am not a conformist. Um, so we're social animals by nature and the feeling of isolation um, of difference from the group is depressing and terrifying. Uh, we experience tremendous relief to find others who think the same way as we do. In fact, we are motivated to take up ideas and opinions because they bring us this relief. We are unaware of this pull and so we imagine we have to we have come to certain ideas completely on our own. Um, you know, if you take a look at uh, politics, for example, people who support one ideology or the other, um, they fall into the group magically, just as if by magic, they believe the exact same thing on all political issues, right? It's, it's like, yeah, have you really thought about it, you know? like. Um, you know, I've actually kind of noticed that on myself, too, um, at least with political views, right? I mean... I've I've started leaning more towards not, I mean not entirely but I do lean a little more towards you guys' political views since we hang out so much right you guys are always like you guys are slowly influencing me into like the the things that you because you guys have a stronger political grasp than I do so I I mean it's, you guys have a very strong pull in that sense and I'm like all right well I'll listen to more what they have to say and then it starts making sense and I'm like all right you know what like. Sure, I'll believe this. Yeah. Not everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, you know, some things right, here right. and there. To a certain degree. To a certain yeah. degree. Yeah. That, that's, that, goes, that ties back into, like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, you're, you're interacting with certain people and you're going to be influenced by them. I think there's some of the level of trust, too. Like, as far as, like, uh, those of you around, you start to trust just because there's a familiar... Not only because of familiar. It's just like, oh, we have like minds and stuff. So I trust that, in a sense, that you come to these conclusions on a... You know, like-minded basis like, yeah. I, yeah I can accept it some open book about it or at least when it comes to the people that are around like oh you know like um, you know I'm familiar with my sister I know she wouldn't betray me so 
because of her thinking this way, the family thinking this way, or maybe they'll think this way. And I think a lot of uh, good can be learned from it, but then also a lot of, you know, not a bad. <laughs> like, I actually found out my family more so leans towards not actually not that far. It's been a while. Leans towards uh, Republican views and such. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean we always vote Republican. It doesn't always mean we vote within the two parties. It's just based sure. off of you know fact and yeah. mm-hmm. I always thought up until you know the end of high school that we were Democrats. So I was like, oh yeah. But that's the group bias, right? That's the group bias. But but see, yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude. When I when I got introduced to politics, the whole time I was growing up in, I mean, we, I grew up near LA, right? Uh, one of the most liberal cities, right? So uh, as I was growing up, I remember in the third or fourth grade, maybe it was in the fifth grade. I got an insult from someone, right? And they said, dude, are you like a Republican or something? And I was like, no, 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 dude, relax. It's okay, it's okay, I'm not a Republican. I overreacted. And I was like, I never thought about why that was, you know? It just happened to be that the, that was an insult. It's like, it's so you have to be Democrat to be a good person. If you're Republican, you're bad. And then I started, then, then when I got more and more involved in politics, I also found that I lean a little bit more conservative than I do liberal. Um, uh, it's less so nowadays, but a little bit still, there is more, I do still lean towards that conservative end, you know, or that Republican end. Um, and I don't know. I just, I, I'm glad that after I was able to actually, you know, understand and take myself out of that group bias that I was able to actually come to uh, a proper, you know, conclusion. And I still have a conclusion. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I don't know. That's what it was. Group bias. But you can also fall into the group bias on the other end if you fall way too much to the other side, right? Because there's also groups out there that like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it is. I mean, um, actually, I had a, I have a cousin who, for a long time, I don't know if he's still in it, but he, he was part of a gang, right? And normally the way they initiate them is because they get them into this group mentality and then they create this group biases where everything they do is right and everything they do is the, the cool thing to do, the right thing to do. Like a cult? Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, you know, like a gang is kind of like a cult in a sense. It's like you... Yeah, basically. <laughs> so... Only one Cool. No, and I'm um, so in that, in that sense, right? Uh, I don't want to mention it, but <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so group mentality, in a sense, is is really bad because when you start thinking as a group, you lose your individuality. And a lot of times, he didn't want to do some of the things that he was doing, but he just is like, okay, it's what everybody else is doing, it's what everybody else is thinking, so it's the way I should act and think. And then back, sometimes when we, we talk back on it, or we don't really talk anymore, but back when we used to talk back on it, he used to be like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of regret it, because it's like, it, it's not me. And I'm like, well, you know, you, you could stop. He's like, no, because they're the people I know. They're like... It just, it, it sucks you in, because once you start having group biases, you become, you, because you, you want to be part of that group. And when you want to be part of the group, it kind of cages you into, like, you have to do what the group does. So I think it's important to get down to, why do you want to be a part of that group? 
Yeah. yeah. It's I, evolutionary, I, right? What did I, you say? I was safety? Say, like, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's both sides. sides. Almost safety, safety of the ego, just because you feel like you're alone, you die. Right, right, right. right. When you kick out of a child, you die. Survival, yeah. Yeah, and then on the other side, I kind of feel like we are creatures of of uh, community in a sense like there is actually a good side not to say the group bias but I do feel like there's a silver lining saying like oh this is kind of evidence that we are meant to to be across cultures we are uh, you know meant to interact with each other not just be off on our own but they say the evolutionary theory behind that is that on our own we wouldn't survive. We've all, human beings have always been a weak animal before the time we actually created weapons and everything like that. If you look at like chimpanzees, are like are the closest relative we have. They're twice as strong as human beings. They can rip like your head off, you know. <laughs> no, like actually, they can actually rip your head off, and so. Um, we had to adapt by working in groups, right? Like hunting in groups and stuff. In order to do that, you had to socialize and get along with the group. So we had to develop as social animals. And they carried over, even though we don't use yeah. a lot of the same. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I think people are looking for that belonging too, right? Because like on Instagram and stuff, have you noticed that people always put up their school? They put like, I'm a nurse or I'm a, an engineer. Like they put like specific what they do. And it's like they need to like identify like the entire world. Like these are the three tribes that belong to or the two tribes. Like, I go to like USC and I do this. Is this is like a sense of validation. Yeah, it's weird. It, all these things are speaking back to like validation in the sense like if I was strong enough to believe like, you know, whatever choice I have, kinda like saying wherever it is that I'll be in a sense. Or like, you know, I'm free to choose whatever I want. Isn't it isn't it in a sense where I don't know, like if I'm I'm validated within myself, whatever it is I believe and I think, I'll be okay with it. And I can have my own individuality. Yeah, I want to be part of the group. It's cool if my, you know, validation crosses with yours. Like, how our topics do. And it's kind of cool. It's like I still have my own, you know, thinking and such. I might be biased as a force myself. But that one I can't get rid of. But it's just, I don't know. It's, it's like I don't feel the need to fit into the group. Like, that's probably why I ramble on and say whatever I want. It's like showing me right now. It's just like... Yeah. Honestly, authenticity is the most magnetic trait, they say. So being authentic and being yourself as much as you can, being genuine, being, and what I mean by genuine is being honest about who you really are. That attracts people because they can tell. People can tell when you're being honest about who you really are and what your intentions are and when not. There, people. Some people may not be able to tell as well, but eventually they'll catch on. They'll see, they'll see these little hints about like who you really are. If you're not throwing that out there authentically, that will typically drive people away at the end of the day. Does that make sense? So it is good to be authentic in yourself. You know, you were gonna say sorry, my bad. Oh yeah. Um, um, where was it? Oh, so I think the whole like individuality and thing is great because, and then I feel that's why group biases are very toxic. Because in a group bias, you're not thinking by yourself. You're thinking as a group. You're thinking as what they want, what they want to hear, what they want to do, what they want to say. Um, and I believe that in a group, the way I mean, yeah, we are social creatures and we do need a group, but we don't need the group bias to be there. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 because um, 
So you're a group, but in a group, if everybody has their own individual tasks and their own individual personality, they help grow in a much better and faster rate than if we're all just following the one mindset. It's kind of like why America is so great. Shout out to America. What did you say the group needs a leader, though? Because the group is going to be like so distracted and like it's going to be fighting all the time. I agree, but they don't have that bias. No, no. Yes and no. So you need a leader, right? And that's why I was bringing the whole thing of America. America, we have a president. But one of our, our proudest things is that we are very diverse. We were, we were born from migrants, right? We have people migrating to this country on a daily basis and they bring with them their cultures and their beliefs. Yeah, we are one and we do have patriotism, which unites us and makes us a group. And we follow the president. But even within that group, we all still have our own cultures, our own beliefs, our own things. So we're still individuals, but we're part of a, bar, uh, of a bigger group and we follow one person but that one per it's within freedom right so yeah i mean we to an extent that's what i'm saying well i mean congress and everything that's why like the systems where is, is where it's at right because it's not we're not just following one person there are systems to it that's why we do need a leader but we need people to be individual enough to be like hey that's not a right idea to do we're not going to do that right that's where the individuality comes because if it was a complete group mentality it's whatever he says we do but because we are a group and we follow this person but we're still individuals we're able to like say no <laughs> that is <a> <laughs> It was a joke, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that group mentality is for the majority, right? Because the group mentality. You still. What do you mean? The group mentality? Yeah. So, if you do not agree with the group mentality, you always have the freedom to go somewhere else. You, you don't have to stay, right? If you are not good for the group or the group is not good for you, you could always relocate and look for a better group. That's a risk that you're taking because you're not agreeing with it. I mean, I don't know. Any other biases? Yeah, I was thinking like, it might be hard to go against it because I don't know if people are enough to go against it. To leave. Yeah. Like in a job or whatever. It's like sometimes it's hard for people to leave just because why are so many people willing to work for like such a little wage when all of them hate it and they can all just stop working but yeah they can continue working yeah, and I think yeah, I think that falls into the bias too. It's like, oh yeah, but we need it. And it's like, honestly, it's it's so hard making that first step. I understand why people. And it's scary. It's yeah. So I mean, to step out of the group bias is way easier said than done. But it it can be done. Like it's one of the things that you would have to be aware of in practice. Yeah. I think you have to reflect on it and be like, is this really what I want to do? Because sometimes it's not beneficial to step out of the group bias, and sometimes it is. Yeah. It all depends on whatever you really want to achieve at the end. No, no, yeah, it has to be a group bias. So I don't know if all group biases are bad, but if you want to follow the guy, then yeah. You have to have some individuality. Right, right. Um, so there is a chapter in this book, uh, it's called 33 Strategies of War. And remember what you're talking about, like the group think, like how people need a leader or like a chain of command so that things don't get out of control and things like that. 
So uh, the fifth strategy it says here is avoid the snares of groupthink, which is the command and control strategy. And what it says is the problem in leading any group is that people inevitably have their own agendas. If you are too authoritarian, they will resent you and rebel in silent ways. If you are too easygoing, they will revert to, to their natural selfishness and you will lose control. You have to create a chain of command in which people do not feel constrained by your influence yet follow your lead. Put the, put the right people in place, people who will enact the spirit of your ideas without being automatons or automatons. Um, uh, create a sense of participation. Do not fall into groupthink. This is where groupthink happens, right? Which is the irrationality of collective decision-making. So there is a certain irrationality to the decision-making of a group, right? Because, you again, you all want to fit in. We talked about this whole group bias and everything like that. Um, so that's, that's essentially what it is. So... Um, I don't know. I mean, that's seriously. But that comes with everything in life. It's all yeah. about balance. It's really, dude. You know, I was telling my dad the the two one of the key concepts that I've learned along the years in life in general. If I had to leave one thing behind, it would just be balance. Balance everything, right? There's there is a balance to everything. That doesn't mean you have to have the fifty fifty balance to everything, but there is a balance to everything. Yeah, it's yin and yang, right? It's like when it comes to politics, there's a whole spectrum, right? Find the right balance for you. Um, when it comes to like the book was just saying, um, leadership, find the right balance for you, right? When it comes to I don't know relationships, there's a balance there, right? Like balance in a lot of things, right? Um, too much on one end and you end up fucking things up, right? In some way or shape or form. Um, when it comes to nutrition and food, there's a balance there. It's almost like completionism, where it's like if it's not, you know, 50-50, it might be 70-30, just as long as you end it with the completion. It's not, it's kind of hard to say completion, but I just feel like at the end of my life, how what I would want to leave behind is, yeah, like completion, like I ran my race and yeah. Like I, yeah. I found out everything I could do, even though I couldn't do everything I found out about. Yeah. But That's then, also of course, it's a great balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so the next bias is called the blame bias. Um, this one is a really good one. Uh, and it plays out as such. I learned from my experience and mistakes. Mistakes and failures elicit the need to explain. Uh, we want to learn... Uh, we want to learn the lesson and not repeat the experience. But in truth, we do not look too closely at what we did. Our introspection is limited. Our natural response is to blame others, circumstances, or a momentary lapse of judgment. The reason for this bias is that it is often too painful to look our, at our mistakes. It calls into question our feelings of superiority, and it pokes at our egos. Um, uh, so we go through, you know, all these motions and and we tend to think that in a certain situation if we failed we don't look too closely at ourselves we blame other people or we blame other things outside of ourselves where the easiest thing would be if we blamed ourselves you take all the power and the control back and you move on yeah you you fix the mistake and you actually learn from the mistake um and that goes with so many things right if you failed to you fail at a test or something like that you can't say you people will typically say oh man that test was too hard or that teacher or that professor they made the test so ridiculously hard which may have been the case to a certain degree but it's much better if you blame yourself and say why wasn't i not why was i not prepared for that test does that make sense 
or um, like, like even in a, in a fighting, fighting sense, sense, I was thinking, I was thinking like boxes. I don't think anybody will ever say, "Oh, you know, I got knocked out because my defense wasn't good." He's like, "Oh, I got knocked out because uh, he was throwing cheap shot and hit me below the belt, and then uh, that created that, you know, like." Yeah. Going around, beating around the place. Yeah. It's like, no, you left yourself wide open. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, of course, that's what you said earlier. But like, yeah. I think that's basically, that's pretty much what's it. I mean, when you blame someone else, it's because you don't want to accept the faults in yourself. And because accepting faults in your in yourself is very scary, right? I mean, oh, yeah. no one wants to do that. No one wants to know that they're faulty because then... They have to work on fixing those things, right? Oh yeah, and oh yeah. This is kind of serious too, because that, like, it's easy to be aware of it, because that's one of the things that, you know, I think that's one of the first things that you can be aware of, as far as, like, blame bias. Like, people say, oh, don't blame others. But I think that one is the hardest to conquer, in a sense, just because, yeah, I'm aware that I'm being a blame bias or whatever, but so what? In a sense, you know, like, what stops me from... From doing that, yeah. yeah. In a sense, and it's kind of hard to bring that balance, not, not even balance, like to completely kill it as far as blame bias and put it back on myself. And it is true, like there is power once you stop pointing it outwards to just take it inward and correct yourself and then go out. Well, see, I think there is a balance in it too, though, because you can't always put everything on yourself. Yeah, you can't you can't just have everything be your your fault, but you can't have everything be the other person's fault. You got to really think about the situation and be like, okay, what could have I done better? But what could the other person have done as well? Yeah, right. No. Okay, so there's one thing in life that I I believe because everything in life we choose to accept or we choose to reject. Like I'm just thinking about jobs. Like we choose to work for our wage or we choose not to work for our wage. Like. So, there's the thing I, I like to believe is, like, in life, you can control everything but other people, right? Whatever your situation is, you can control it, except when it involves someone else. Because then you bring a uh, question into it. You bring an enigma, sort of. You don't really know how they're going to act or what they're going to do. They're free will. Um, so... Whether you choose to accept or reject something, it's still going to happen, right? If you, if you have a fight with someone and it's in the moment, you didn't choose to accept the, the start of the fight. Sometimes it's just brought on to you, right? It, you choose how you react to that fight, but you don't choose whether it happens or not. You give well, you might have incited that fight to begin with, right? You might have, or you might not. Okay, if I'm walking on the street and someone throws like an ice cream cone at me, if, if I, I like, like cut the guy, guy off in my car or something, like, like yeah, I incited that. But if I didn't do anything, it's just like he's just like a dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are people that are dicks. Like, or he's just trying to be funny or something, and then he does so something to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could say he was having a bad day or something like that. Give him a benefit of the doubt or something, right? But I think okay. So what I think an example would be an example is necessary, right? To like define what it is. Um, any situation where you're deeply involved, maybe let's not say someone threw something at you, right? Like, let's say, for example, um, it's just you and one other person. Okay, let's say a relationship or something like that. Yeah, or like a marriage, like, and you get into an argument or something, or, oh, okay, you know what, here's a good one. If a girl breaks up with you or something like that, you can say, oh, she's a bitch, she didn't understand me, she's not quality, she doesn't deserve me, right? 
we, I talked about this before, it's like, well, the best thing you can do in that situation is ask yourself, why isn't, isn't she still attracted to me? Why, what did I do wrong here? Does that make sense? Um, or like, what could I have done better to keep that attraction if I so desired to? I don't think that that's, that's right though. I mean, I do think that you should look at it and be like, did I do something wrong, right? Inspect, but don't inspect just yourself, inspect the situation. Sure. Don't blame her right away. But I mean, if she does have fault, if it is something that she did, then accept it, right? Some people, what if the girl was just using you all along, right? What if? Right. <laughs> I mean, well, if she was, so what, you're I like, would, like, why didn't I see that? Why didn't I see that? Well, no. Yes, I mean, it was yes. another person that was controlling you. Sometimes you are not able to. Uh, how to see through that? See through it. Sometimes some people are some no. That's some people thing. are really so good at it though. I I, I think you you have to get good at reading people then. You could be. There's a solution. To, there's a solution to that. You know what I mean? Okay. I feel that too. Like I feel like even though you're great at reading someone, you it's like some people are insanely okay, good. Okay. So then I would say the solution to that would be you have to cultivate an ability to walk away when things do go downhill. You have to, because that's the hardest part, right? Like, let's be honest, is after a breakup, it's like, people still cling on to this, like, hope of, like, oh, like, things will still work out. And if they, sometimes, in, in some cases, they do. People get back together all the time, right? Worst idea ever. Yeah, yeah, usually it doesn't end up working out the second or third time around, you know? Um, but then it comes down to, if the person did screw you over, you have to cultivate an ability to be carefree in that situation, to be able to let that go, completely accept what happened and move on mm -hmm. right does that make sense no yeah yeah it's not easy because it's ego right? but the whole thing because I, I remember you saying oh what did i do or what could i have done to have kept her interest in me mm -hmm. honestly in that sense i think that's wrong for wrong for you to like think about it in that way right because she wasn't able to genuinely keep interest in you mm -hmm. now you're you're trying to come, come back Right. It's okay. like if she didn't want to say it because she found she l found you less attractive, right? Then you shouldn't be like, oh, what should I have done to make her more attractive to me? You should just accept it and be like, all right, you know what? She wasn't the person, and then move on. But there's still lessons to take away from that. No, there, of course, there's always lessons in life. There's always something you could take away from it. I'm just saying. It's not always your fault. And I think what the blame bias is going is when you do it to extreme, when you just blame her without looking at the situation. Sure, sure. What I, what I think the blame bias uh, or a solution for it be, it be um, to, well, one, to not make it a bias, but to really look at the situation and understand where you fell and what you couldn't do or what you couldn't help, right? Because in, in life, there are situations which will happen and you have no control over. It's just your reactions that you can control, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, I guess, I guess it does come down to a balance. But in my opinion, the balance lies a lot more on the blame yourself side than blame others side. Does that make sense? Yeah. A lot more. And I mean, like there are a hundred. It's like if someone points a gun to your head, like what, and tells you to do something, what do you do? There's a hundred and forty-six options that you could deal with. You know, someone will say, "Oh, just do what they say, or they'll shoot you." You know, that's from a show. It's called Suits. But the guy's like, no, there are 146 other options. You can point, pull out a bigger gun. You can call their bluff. 
you can reveal that you have a bomb strapped to your chest and you'll blow it up if you don't, you know. That, like, you can bluff back right then, right? There's 146 other options. I mean, there's some that are ridiculous. Like, if someone points a gun right. at you and you tell them, I have a bomb under my chest. Right, right. Yeah, they're, they're, but are they really good? Yeah. No, there, there is always options. Yeah. There is. Um, some are more logical than others. Sure, sure. But the point is, the point he was trying to make is that it may not be 146 other options, but the point he was trying to drive home is that there are a lot more options than we believe that there are. And there are a lot more ways that we have actually had influence on a situation than what we um, uh, think we actually had. There are a lot more ways that we had influence on a situation. I, I agree with that 100%. And then that's why I say the only person you can control is yourself. The only thing you can right. do. And then, But if you're happy with how you acted, mm -hmm. then just let it be. But the, I, I don't think you should ever blame someone. 100%. I agree. If you did everything in your power and you know you did everything in your power and it still doesn't work out, let it be. Accept it. Yeah. And that, that's on you, right? That's on you letting your ego go. Yeah, no, that's part of it. Yeah. The blame bias, right? Yeah. Anything else you guys wanted to say about that? Mm, I was just like, yeah, I see, I see both sides. Like, I see the balance from, you know, giving it to the other person. But I also see a lot of um, taking it with them anymore because I think that's probably the quickest way to cover. And to have some sort of, not saying that I'm seeking for a sense of control, but it's just like, that is kind of like the quickest way to cover. It's just like, you know what? I'll just, just take, take this, I, you know, whatever, whatever, I can move on, whatever, that's fine. Kind of like, like at work, um, someone got fired. <laughs> I could, yes, say, you know, it was their doing, which ultimately it was, but I took a little blame myself just because I provoked the person, knowing that this person, or, you know, not being aware of the person uh, that I was around while I said something, knowing that if I was aware, I wouldn't say the things that I said. And it kind of provoked them to think like, oh, we're not, we're not getting this way. Is that what you heard? And then all of a sudden it starts to snowball effect. Mm -hmm. But now I don't take blame for it because I didn't open that man's mouth. Mm -hmm. I did not, you know, take it further. I actually tried to mediate it and say, hey, it's not that serious, whatever. It's perfectly fine. So now it's like, okay, I do see the balance on both sides. Like I take partial responsibility because I wasn't aware of who I was around. Maybe be a little more aware, but that I can I can deal with. That's easy. Yeah. That's easy. Right. But at the end of the day, it was him. You know. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. Yeah. Definitely. So the last bias is called the superiority bias, uh, and it says I'm different. I'm more rational than others. More ethical as well. Uh, few would say this to people in conversation, it sounds arrogant, but in numerous opinion polls and studies, when asked to compare themselves to others, people generally express a variation of this. It's the equivalent of an optical illusion. We cannot seem to see our faults and irrationalities, uh, only those of others. So, for instance, we'll, uh, we'll easily believe that those in the other political party do not come to their opinions and uh, based on rational principles, but those on our side have done so. On the ethical front, few will ever admit that they have resorted to strate uh, deception or manipulation in their work or have been clever and strategic in career advancement. Everything they've got, or so they think, comes from natural talent and hard work. Um, but with other people, we are quick to ascribe uh, to them all kinds of Machiavellian tactics. This allows us to justify whatever we do, no matter the results. Things See, like that. 
I would like to discuss this topic, mm. this bias, but I'm just, I'm above it. I'm superior. Than oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, no, yeah. So superiority bias kind of ties in with the whole conviction bias. Like we think that we're we don't have irrationalities ourselves. It's just a lack of self awareness and reflection. Yeah, yeah that's where you call it superiority. Sure. Like. I mean, yeah, you could be putting out this facade and like believing that you are fake to make it, but honestly, it's like there's a point where you start to draw a line. If it's blindly and like I was saying, 19 people say that you look like shit, and then the 20th person is yourself, and you say you look great. Maybe, maybe it's time to look at to see what shit looks like, and then yeah. you, might, yeah. you might look like it. You know? Yeah, 100. No, yeah. But I feel, I feel like, like I don't know. I feel, I feel like, like everyone, everyone does fall into this category at least once or twice. But the awareness of it though has really drawn back the reins. If ever I even had an ounce of it, in a sense, and I'm actually happy about it. Mm. But then it goes on the other side. I won't allow myself to feel underneath someone, like in a sense of reverse. Like I'm being manipulated by whatever, or you know, if that makes sense. Or because I know I'm not doing any manipulating to what work at where I work. I'm not doing it to get any financial gains. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm aware of it, but this is just choosing not to. So that's why I'm like, I, I can see that it exists, but yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like within myself. Like, I never thought, oh, I might see better than this person. I take it back. <laughs> now I know. Back then, I There's a. There's a. So there's a, like a, a saying that if you want to learn anything, anything. Like, this applies to anything. Learn from the best, right? Don't come to these conclusions on your own. Don't, like, think that, oh, I because, I, like, I have the answers to everything. Does that make sense? So whether it comes to health and fitness or attracting girls or just living a, a happy and fulfilled life, don't, like, try to always come to those conclusions on your own or come up with answers on your own when... The people that are best in that field have already done so. I've written, you know, maybe they've written books on it. Maybe they have like, you know, talks on it or whatever. And they've already thought this out. They're actually really good at it, and you want to learn from them. Does that make sense? They may not be even right 100% of the time, but the vast majority of the time, they will be. They have some sort of insight, experience, or wisdom that. Like a level of mastery. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like it's like taking on a mentorship kind of a thing, right? Like. If, if you want to achieve mastery in any subject, you're not gonna. You're probably not gonna get there if you it, like to the top top level until you have a mentor in that field, or take or at least cut the time short at, to which you reach that that top point. You know, without someone guiding you through, someone yeah. who's mastered that field already. No, yeah, I do believe you know, right. So what I actually got from the superiority uh, bias thing, um, at least the thing I was seeing is it happens a lot in political extremists, right? They just think that the other person doesn't know what they're talking about. Like, even though they bring factual things to them, they dismiss the facts because they're so strongly into their political views and everything. And then they're like, oh, well, they just they can't think any better than us. So that's why they think that. And that's why, you know. Um, and I've seen it actually too. Um, not only there, but I've, I've seen it in a lot of political issues. Which is, I, it, I don't know why this tends for me normally tends to lean, uh, lean towards politics. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I saw one of you guys' favorites, or one of your favorites writers or people, I guess I would say. Um, so I was watching a video on political correctness. Uh, it was a debate, and then Jordan Peterson was in it. Um, 
So I like the points he made, and he made some very valuable uh, valuable points, but I felt like his views were very arrogant. He wasn't taking the other contestants very serious. He was thinking, they're not thinking like I am. They're not seeing what I'm saying. So he kept on repeating what he kept on saying. And in essence, like, understand what I'm telling you. And the other people were. They just weren't focusing on what he was saying because they, it was a broader topic. But he was like, no. Like, just repeating and repeating. And I feel like we, we fall into that sometimes, too. We're like... Because we are so strong, we, we believe we're superior and our mentality is greater than that of other person, like another person's, or not ourselves in itself, but just the, that thought and that idea is better than the, what another person had. Even if we, we don't even consider the other person's, what they're saying, and we just continue saying the same thing over and over and over again, just being like, understand where my logic is, because you think your logic is superior than theirs. The huge thing here is too that like, people don't understand that, like, okay, yes, we have like, this capitalistic mindset, we have this socialistic mindset, and that's like what in general people tend to like fall with. Like, they don't get it, like, hey, there may be something better. That's not here yet. And no one's willing to be like, all right, let's pull some here, let's pull some here, and let's create something different. Instead, people need to just enforce this this way because they're like, this is the best thing we have right now. We just gotta do this. So I see what you mean when he probably does do something similar to that, and he doesn't acknowledge the fact, like, okay, like, yeah, that's true, but. That doesn't mean that it's an NLP. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I do. I remember watching one of his interviews that that's something that he used to struggle with himself. Or maybe it was at the introduction of his uh, another one of his books. He said he used to be a lot more. Um, when in his younger days, he used to align himself a lot more as a socialist, mm-hmm. and uh, that's funny because he said himself like I was a much more arrogant back in those days, like, like. Uh, that I, I struggle with like a superiority sort of ideal and it worked ordeal and he may still have a little bit of that in him you know but so the question i have for you then is so if if i made the argument that the earth is flat going back to that thing and this guy's saying no dude you're wrong you're factually incorrect and i say it in a very because i'm a little bit like like dude you need to settle down earth is not flat okay relax <laughs> If, if I, I say that, that but then, then would I fall into a superiority bias because, because I think, think that my ideas are correct and theirs is not? No. No, no right? No. Well, one is, is factual, it's not opinion-based, but then that's, that's part of it. Mm. Another thing, you, you would fall into superiority um, bias if you didn't really give a reason for it or if you just kept on repeating the same reason over and over. But if you come at it from a different point of view, like if the guy's like, like the earth's flat, you're like, dude, um, no, it's not. But here, let me bring you some questions into it. Uh, if the Earth is flat, how come I don't know? Let's say how come gravity works in in this in this way, right? How come uh, we could legit travel around the world? If it was flat, you wouldn't be able to travel around the world. How how come our time system works in that certain way, right? Because of the magnetic forces. The magnetic forces are always pointing north. That's why it changes and everything. So you bring into different points of views and you bring different routes into where. Your idea is more proven, I guess. Sure. In that sense, you're not just dismissing his, but you are question. You're, you're making him question his own. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You know, like, if you dismiss the fact without like actual evidence, then then you're falling into superiority. Yeah. Or if you just, even if you have one good evidence, but you just repeat that one point over and over, and you're not you're not caring to like. Yeah. Very possible, very possible, but um, I think, again, it comes down to there's a balance to it, right? Um, because 
if you don't think that your ideas work compared to somebody else's, what do you think? You're, yeah, you're not even getting. You're like, what are you gonna do? Like, you're gonna you're gonna sit there all the time and looking, just reading all these different ideas and like not coming to a conclusion. You have to come to a conclusion at a certain point and try to follow a certain path, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, it's like I'll give you an example. When it comes to the dynamics between men and women, we always talk about this, right? We always argue about this, right? You believe that there is no game, and I do. There's now. (laughs) That's a topic for another podcast. But I have to. (laughs) So, if you contemplate this over and over and over, how does this work? How does this work? Oh, there's this idea. There's that idea. There's that idea. You should you should look at all of them, right? But eventually, you have to come to a conclusion. You have to see a a certain pattern while trying as hard as you can not to fall into these biases. Makes it making sense? And you have to follow that path and see if it works. Experiment with the ideas, right? Correct. I see where you're going with it. But I feel like this bias is not saying that you shouldn't decide on one idea and go with it. It's looking down on others who don't think like you. Yes. And then that's where it's bad. Because... Okay. Yeah, in, in okay. our thing, in our system, right? You, I, I respect that you think that there is a game. Sure. And you respect that I don't think there's a yes. game, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a slight remarks here and there, but like we, we respect each other's yeah. views. That's, That's less out of a little like, frustration. Yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah, no, I, I am frustrated. I honestly, I do get frustrated. I'm like, ah, oh, how do I convince this guy? You know? <laughs> Just, but um, the thing is, okay, when you're, okay, when you... If I think in this particular case that I am 100% right, okay, I get your ideas. I know that you, I, I, you've, you've told me plenty of times, right? But I still think my ideas are correct. I'm, like it says right here, I'm different. I'm more rational than others. If I think I'm correct, and I'm more rational than you right now, in just in regards to this topic, okay, let's just throw out an assumption, right? You are right. I know where you're going. You are right. If you believe that your reality is the correct reality. Right? right? That, 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 but see, then it goes, but, so, yeah, but it's, 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 there's a logic behind it, right? But that's you thinking you're superior to me in this topic, right? But it, it doesn't, just because it works for you, it doesn't mean it's the same thing for me. Even, the, like, we have many arguments that we don't agree with. Right? I mean, because if you fully believe in something, then it's like, yeah. Now you have a conviction bias, too, on, on the whole game thing, because you're not open to any other... I mean, honestly, we have discussed it, but most of the time you're very close... Like, you're, you're open-minded in the sense that you're willing to discuss it. Oh, no, dude, I think it's the exact opposite. I think it's... I'm so open-minded to the point that... Here's the reason why, okay? I do not... I know I'm 99.99% sure. I've thoroughly tested this foolproof over and over and over again. I'm not falling into conviction bias, okay? Is that I've considered all different types of thinking or mentalities when it comes to this. I don't think I've studied anything more because I was the most confused about this. I was like, this is, I, it, the one thing says something completely different. Another thing says completely different. And this thing says, this adds a different twist and caveat there. This adds a different twist over there. And I literally considered all of them. I've read through all of them. But if I don't pick one and if I don't go with it, if I pick one and I go with it, am I falling into conviction bias? I can't because what else am I going to do? Am I just going to like fiddle around my thumbs and not know what to do, right? And if I do pick something as superiority bias says right here, I'm more rational than others. 
that think makes it's sense? saying more like, uh, uh, not like saying I respect your side. I think the superiority is saying like, no, your side is stupid and therefore, or like it doesn't, it's not rationalized, so therefore I think you're less than me. And that, that is what you think okay. in, in because, my Because you're saying like, oh, you know, I see your side, I respect it, but I still think mine is right. But I can, I can really see your side. Yeah. I don't know if superior. Yeah, that's, not, that's not a superior. But if you're saying like, okay. Okay. no, I don't believe your, your way or whatever, and because of that, I think you're stupid. Mm-hmm. Or because I think you're just like, in, in my head, <laughs> that is right, right, right. So, so, so in my thing, right? Because because when, when I, I disagree with you, right? Right, right. But I don't think my logic is superior. I'm saying for what you're trying to achieve and where you're trying to go, your logic makes sense. Right. Okay. But for what I want to achieve and where I want to go, your logic does not fall into it. Sure. Okay. For the game and no game type of thing. You get me? Right, 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 right. I mean, yeah, there's a million ways, and you could have tested it out, but you. You, you can, can only test it out to an extent. But it's not just me that's tested it out. Keep this in mind. This is a... Remember we go going back to the whole... Learn, if you want to learn something, learn from the best, right? Most of the people that you've researched have been going no, no, no. to... Keep this in mind. I've researched every... every. I've considered your point of view as well. You can't say every. You can't really... That's Bro, a very... trust me. Every trust is a very... Literally like 15 to 20 different people. Literally. Okay. Girls, guys, everything. I've considered it all. And not just one video. I've considered everything Yes, that's true. That is possible, yes. But I think I'm on to something. Does that make sense? And I agree. You're on to something for what you want to do. Yes, for what I want to do. Yes. Yes. I see the eyes superior. I see those eyes rolls. Period. Let it be known he rolled his eyes. I know you can't see them. Oh, God. It's like if I choose to say yes, I believe this, then... So, okay, we actually have this argument. There are very few things that are concrete. I believe that there in the world there are very few things that are actually concrete. Everything else is perspective and conditional. Right. Um, if you say a quick fact about something, like, I don't know, that TV is black. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's factual in a sense to you. But, but to other people, people, again, we go into this whole thing that we see get different colors through. I mean, it's still, it's just, it's yeah. dumb arguments. We can make arguments about almost everything. There are just very few things in the world that are concrete because of perception. If it's based off visual perception or senses and such, like, oh, this feels like cold. No, actually, it feels hot. Yeah, that's. Which one is it? Am I colder? And then, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So again, I think it will come down to balance then because can you just say, like, I'm going to sit here all day and think about all the different ideas and keep considering or are you going to, like, pick one? And that's what I'm because saying. You balance. You're going to be so mentally fucked if you keep on trying to consider it and you have no place where you want to go. So the way you get rid of biases, at least, at least what I get from most of the biases we've talked about, is act thoroughly thinking about it uh, critically thinking about it sure right because if you critically think about it and you do your research and it's not biased research it's actual research and you, you know, just, uh-huh. then in itself it's not a bias anymore sure you know and then no one can tell you hey you're wrong for believing this and no one should tell you that i mean they can but they shouldn't right i mean it's good to pick a path and go for it because that's how you move that's how you, you you get to a place um but at the end of the day you understand that there can be, you can be wrong. There's a possibility of you being wrong. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And then that takes away the bias from it. And then just because you have conviction, it's not bad. When you have conviction, bias is when it's toxic. Right, right, right. 
right? right? But, but okay, okay, so going back to conviction bias, bias then, what if your you, your conviction is based on tons of logic or research? You then by all means, bias? no, you don't fall into conviction bias. You just have conviction for it. But it yes, doesn't mean that just because you have conviction, wrong. just yeah, yeah there is a possibility right. that you're wrong. Right, right. No, no I, 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 that's a very solid conclusion. But in order to achieve that, like you said, you gotta have very little ego because a lot of people don't want to be wrong. Yeah. Like, what was it Mark Twain said that it's not that the world knows too little, it's just we know too many things that ain't so. Yeah. Uh, it's actually interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't start over rights like I am but yeah, it's just kind of interesting to say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing I know is that I know nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I mean, I love that quote, but it's, it's really delusional. delusional. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, I think Aristotle had a similar quote. It's that the, they consider him like the smartest person in all of the Athens or wherever he was from Greece. And they would wonder why. Like, he seemed like... Uh, he, he asked himself why, okay? Because, and, and the conclusion he came to was that it was his curiosity. It was the fact that he, yes, it was the fact that he, he did not think that his point of view was correct. And he would always question things, which is what made him this, which eventually led him to a state where he did understand a lot of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if he's in that state, but well, even he even still be curious. Yeah, even know? in that state, he was still curious. Even yeah. toward the end of his days, if you look yeah. at it, he was still questioning everything. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good, good stuff, guys. Yeah. But I think that's all of it, too. Like I seriously think the fact of the day that I started saying I know nothing and becoming a student of life, like now it's so much easier to absorb different ideas and absorb different mindsets and such. And I think that's the that's the way to get rid of the and then I say I like I love the the way Socrates approaches problems normally because he broke them down to the simplest fact and he's like okay so if this is true then this must be true right and then if this is true then this must be true so he went step by step and I feel like that's how we should look into our ideas and our you know convictions and everything uh, it's just you know take it back to like the smallest step and then be like okay so this is right okay so then. If this is right, then this leads to this, right? And then this leads to that. There was a, a guy, it, yeah, there was a guy's name was Sam Harris, and he was talking also about this, it's called the principle of, like, beginnings or something like that, the principle of uh, something, like, a, just starting from the very beginning point, um, going back to the very, very, very basic factual stuff, so basic that everybody in the world can accept that that's true, or almost everybody, 99.9% of people, right? Then you go step by step by step, right? But even then, it could be wrong. You know why? Because I'll give you an example. Uh, I think it was Nic Nicholas Copernicus, right? Maybe it was Galileo. I forgot who. One of them went against their the times of their thinking that the Earth was flat, and he was the one who said the Earth does not revolve around the Sun. Or sorry, the Sun does not revolve around the the Earth, and it's not the center of the universe. In fact, we're not at the center of the universe, and the Earth revolves around the Sun. So the church executed him yeah. because they went against the idea of the times. But he was the one guy 
that he went against the entire crowd and said, like, no, you're wrong. And he was correct at the end of the day. Which is why group biases exist. Yes, yes. See, all these biases are intertwined. Some it's nasty. It is. But you can't escape them. That's the reality. Because we, because we are human. And because we, yeah. we have to be aware of them. And then if we catch them and we want to fix them, then we fix them. If we don't even want to fix them, then Right. I mean, honestly, some biases, I'm like, I know I have certain biases. But I don't, I don't want to put in the effort to fix them. There are just, <laughs> no, no, seriously, but there's just, uh, there's a couple points I wanted to close out with, and these, these are just strategies to bring out your rational self and to try to avoid these um, biases. One was know yourself thoroughly, we posted this on the Instagram accounts, know yourself thoroughly, you know, examine your past, look for patterns in your behavior that have revealed your emotional reactions and, you know, uh, the emotional self kind of thrives on you being ignorant, so just knowing yourself, right? That's the basis or beginning for a lot of this stuff. Two is examining your emotions to the roots, which is, you know, what actually made me angry or what triggered me? Uh, what was the root cause? And take time to reflect on that. Number three, we talked about this, increase your reaction time, um, which is before you act, you take time to reflect on uh, or let your emotions calm down and, you know, before you act. Four is to accept people as facts, which is, you know, just understand that people are the way they are. You shouldn't try to change them. Uh, you know, you can, but at a lot of times you will go through a lot of pain and suffering to try to change them. Uh, I'm talking about you, I'm no, just kidding. Bro, just, just admit that there's no game. We'll be set. We'll be set. That will be very long. That will. We'll get on to that. I think um, this one is where I'm going to be against everybody. Oh, uh, yeah? Probably. I mean, I, in my own way, I'm probably against all of you guys as well. Because my game is different from, right, everyone else's game here. But anyway, so that's a different point. Oh, yeah. We might have a separate one, part one, part two or something like that. Uh, find the optimal balance of thinking and emotion, which is the rider and the horse. And the last one is love the rational, which is love the pleasure that comes from rational thought rather than, you know, things like hedonistic or pleasure and emotional thinking. All right, guys. Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>